0: hey guys welcome to hey don't touch that i'm your host brian and before we get on with the show we just want to remind you that this show is brought to you by greenhouse the greenhouse health eatery in edmonton alberta it's summer it's really hot right now the last thing you probably want to do is cook for your family so you got two options you can either order pizza you could actually yeah was order pizza or you can just order greenhouse greenhouse is probably a better choice it's a lot healthier tastes a lot better, and you're supporting a local business. They also have salads. But their their thing right now is, and this is the service I would be using if I was back at home, within uh, their delivery parameters, I would order their 10 meals for a $100. It's $10 a meal. No cooking ever. All you have to do is take it out of your freezer, throw it in your oven, turn your oven to about 370 degrees, cook it for roughly 20 to 30 minutes and then you have dinner for the night and uh, if you don't manage to eat it all in the single setting you also have lunch for tomorrow so uh, check it out www.egh.com. we're also brought to you by Kelowna's newest food truck Bunny Hugs located at the Shelter Bay uh, Marina it's actually technically in West Kelowna but I digress it's my favorite restaurant to go to right now in uh Kelowna I'm super biased but it's great you have I would recommend getting there it's not even on the menu yet but they're a Filipino breakfast burrito it's quite hearty it's delicious it has the best uh Chinese style barbecue pork in Kelowna you could even ask them to make you that barbecue pork No guarantees they'll give it to you But ask them for it It's better than the Chinese restaurant I went to Anyway uh, Check it out Bunny Hugs uh, Their website is Eat Hugsbunny.com Alright we have a really fun episode for you guys Um, And I warn you guys in this episode So I will warn you again If you are If you're not a big fan of our sports talk And you just want to listen to stories about our kids this is definitely not the episode for that we talk uh we go deep into the nhl off season with my friend megan uh and our my friend uh juan is also on this podcast so it is a four person podcast anyway hope you enjoy the show and uh we'll get to it now welcome to hey don't touch that we've got a very special episode here I'm your host Brian joined with uh, my co-host and friend Jordan and we have not one but two guests on this podcast first off uh, let's let's we'll introduce uh, the recurring podcast guest he is my uh, only friend out here in the Okanagan <laughs> he's one of uh, three Filipinos that I know out here. Actually, I don't know any, and uh, he's joined us. This is a third time, third time guest.
1: Third time, yeah.
0: Yeah, Juan Caliaya. what's up?
1: Hey, guys.
0: Juan slash AJ. AJ's in the Okanagan, and he's opening up a food truck. He's opened one. Yeah,
1: opened one, yeah. Opened one up already.
0: We will get that, we'll get into that later. My second, our second guest this week, this is our third female guest?
2: That's correct. Yeah.
0: Thank. Okay. So it's our third female guest. She is not only one of the uh, finest high school teachers in all of Edmonton. <laughs> Stop.
3: United. Get out she of here. In <laughs> a,
0: she's in choir. Still sings in choir. Um it's true. She's a Green Bay Packers fan
3: get out of here maybe we'll see what happens bad year to out be
0: year. <laughs> <laughs> and uh she's currently i think either editor or assistant editor of the Orthers rig
3: yeah i'm supposedly in charge but i don't know what that means i'm yeah. the person that the people who host and manage the site email when there's issues so i guess i'm in charge All
0: right. and uh the coat one half of the uh Garbage Fire Podcast. I'm here with my longtime friend Megan Fowler. Can I use your name? Hi.
3: Yeah, yeah, I don't care. care. Okay, cool. That's fine. What's up, Megan? uh you know, not much. Just living the dream.
0: Living the dream. Hanging out know, so, in
3: my office upstairs. uh in with like just a solitary lamp. It's good. Loving it.
0: <laughs> so, in the background, is that the infamous Taylor Hall shrine?
3: It is the infamous Taylor Hall shrine in the background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have. Okay. Uh, I got like, well, when he got traded, uh, people were like, oh, Megan's so sad. Here's all our Taylor Hall stuff. And I was like, <laughs> sweet, thanks. I even have a bobblehead from when he played in New Jersey.
2: Oh, wow. Nice.
3: That somebody like bought off of eBay, I guess. I don't really know how I got it, but they delivered it to my house. And I didn't have to pay for it. And there's three signed fucks that I still don't know who they're from.
0: God damn. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to kind of get into that uh, because this is our first, well, not our first all hockey podcast, but it is like, this is a quite the in-depth uh hockey show that we you know we are doing normally so if you're listening to this podcast for stories about Jordan and my kids or (laughs) uh, me shitting my pants this is not the episode all right not the episodes this is a full of NHL hockey and if you don't like hockey you're not gonna like this show not to say there might not be a shit
2: story
3: sorry I would like to point out though no no but before we go on in my phone brian's name is brian shitpants kong (laughs) because (laughs) the day that he shit his pants i picked him up from the hospital (laughs) and he told me all about it in the car on the way back home and it was in st albert and it was like a half hour drive, and it was about a 25 minute story and i immediately changed his name in my phone and i forgot about that and then he texted me one time like a while after so i was like oh yeah that's right that was the thing that happened
0: yes that was an embarrassing time actually and I think I've, I've, I've on more than one, like on more than one occasion, I've told people, yo, uh, they tell me they're going for surgery. I'd be like, yeah, make sure you like evacuate your bowels prior to surgery. Cause okay. they don't tell you that you will shit your pants. I guarantee it. So, uh, they, they think it's funny, but it's not, if it happens to you, it's kind of traumatic. So anyway, welcome to the podcast, man. Okay, so we got our first uh our first hey, don't touch that segment. It is our beer review. Okay, so does everyone have a
3: beer? I didn't get a beer, but I have something else.
0: God Ooh. damn. Okay, so you are the first time guest, Megan. You go first.
3: Mm-hmm. You um I'm, tonight I'm drinking it's not a beer because I don't only have garbage beer in my fridge. Uh Jameson uh ginger and lime, like pre-mixed cocktail. It's one of my favorite things. Oh, um, I like whiskey a lot, so yeah.
2: Sounds like I, a summer's night summer. drink. Sounds. It's good.
3: pretty good. It's it's like six percent, so it's a little bit like it's a little bit more than you would get for like a normal premix drink. It's not bad. I could do two, three would probably kill me, but two is like a good <laughs> it's a good night.
0: This is the second time the Jameson's uh, ginger and whatever has been reviewed on this show. I've never heard of this. Do you have it? I'd say bought me one. Um,
2: Did once. you do it before? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's fine. That's fine. This is just an excuse, really, for you to drink and for us to drink and not be. Uh, I don't know. I just help me try more beer. All right. Thank not you. be
3: drinking by ourselves, you mean?
0: That's, Pretty much. that's true. <laughs> there we go.
1: Okay.
0: AJ, what you got?
1: Well, right out of your fridge, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what flavor did you pull me out today? Fresh from the uh, Okanagan, I have an Okanagan <laughs> apple cider, the Refreshing. harvest pear flavor. Those are good. I actually don't think I've had this flavor yet, so maybe I'm, I'm excited to try this.
0: So if you're, uh, if you've been following us, if you listened to this show, and I told you that story about my daughter drinking cider, that was probably the flavor she had.
2: <laughs> Thanks, All <right>. Grandma.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So what I have. Thank you uh, out of my so the reason why AJ is not drinking a beer is because he's uh, allergic. That's why. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> anyway, I have a hey, so I've got a I've got my one of my favorite beers has released a different version. It is Phillips Brewing and Malting Company Dino Sour Ooh. Pink Lemonade Sour. I am curious. All right. So this is a beer I recommend people who don't like beer drink because it tastes like juice. It's not really beer. Hopefully this one lives up to its uh, predecessor. Isn't it normally a in a bigger can? Yeah. Like, I, um, So my wife only got the uh, <laughs> 355 mil cans. <laughs> so, but there's a nice dinosaur it's a triceratops. It's got a lemon on one of its horns, and it's stepping on a lemon. So okay. I enjoy the, uh, the can art on these uh, Phillips Brewery uh, beers. That's mainly the reason I buy them. I like the pictures. All right. What do you have, Jordan?
2: All right. I went actually got some more beers out yesterday. This I'm drinking a raspberry creamsicle sour. Oh, wow. I know. That sounds very sweet. It's a small batch brew from Quitty Vitty, brewed out of St. That- John's, Newfoundland. <laughs> viddy Brewing.
0: Um, does that vitti mean anything? I don't it's know. a little
3: village that's outside St. Just like outside St. John's on the rocks, in um, kind of into the into the harbor. It's very. If you ever get a chance to go to St. John's, it's very cool. Oh,
2: there
0: you go. So, thank you, Megan. See, this is another reason I got Megan on the show. She's uh, like many of our guests, smarter than myself. <laughs> so, it's great. All right. Let's track these uh drinks open for you. Here's here's to a good podcast. Here's hoping my internet connection stays strong.
2: Oh that's something different. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Interesting. I uh, will right. say the, the beers I bought were all sour beers too. So you're gonna be getting a lot of the sour reviews. Perfect. They, ha- Perfect.
3: they have lots of good sour beers. If I remember correctly, they also have a really good pineapple one.
2: Ooh, that'd be really
3: good. Um, I think it's theirs. And if it's not them, I they also have one. Maybe it's not them. There's also one from Medicine Hat Brewery that's really, really, really good. Ooh. Interesting. I really
0: like the sours. All right. So, uh, just before our second segment, Meg, I just want to let you give yourself a chance to I guess, introduce yourself again. So, you... It's kind of funny. You're uh, one of my few friends that is, uh, A, quite active on Twitter, B, also an active uh, participant in the Oilers, uh, it's called the Oglogosphere, is that what they call it?
3: I don't know if that's what it is anymore, but yes, it, there was a time, yes, there was like a, the oil logosphere because there was lots and lots and lots of blogging about the Oilers.
0: Yes, and uh, Megan, so can you just tell us about your time at the Oilers Drake? How did you get involved with that?
3: um somebody a guy that like used to run it he dm'd me on twitter and was like hey do you want to write for us and i was like okay and that was literally it there was no uh there was nothing else it was because um i guess at the time this was probably 2015 i want to say at the time i was like reasonably active i guess commenting and and participating on like oilers nation comments and like that kind of stuff and I, i don't know i'm think I'm a good writer I don't know (laughs) it doesn't matter and and that was what he thought he's like we'd be nice to have a new voice and then slowly over time the only person from like that point in time till now who still contributes is Alex Thomas who uh he lives outside of Boston um and founded the site back in 2013 so he's been like the one the sort of the continuity and so it's me and him uh and Avery we're kind of like the main three I haven't written anything in a long time but um there's reasons for that and that's fine but uh we talk a lot and we sort of like make some plans I have some plans for some stuff to do this summer and whatnot um but it's kind of fun I don't know we started podcasting about two months ago just like something to do yeah. uh and we do it at just every couple of weeks and it's usually we record on Sundays and I try and get the episodes out for Monday um and we have another guy who contributes sometimes to the website he's been on the podcast a little bit and so it's kind of fun just talking hockey with people yeah, I don't really know a lot about stuff because I don't pay attention to a lot of things. So every once in a while, I'll be like asking a question. And I know they're like, Megan, you're so dumb. How do you not know the answer to this? I'm like, I don't know. I didn't know that that person got traded to that <laughs> team. But anyway, stuff like that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I can get that. I mean, I'm even surprised, like I don't, this, especially this year, I haven't followed hockey outside of the Oilers. Like I was looking up the Norris Trophy winners this year. I have no idea who any of the nominees are except for Victor Hedman. The guy that won it, I was yeah. just like, what? And then like the like you who are you? And then the one of the runners up. I'm like, you're six foot like even? And you play defense? It's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. crazy. Uh so he's just like okay, so you're on Twitter quite a bit, and one of the uh so just because <laughs> we're gonna touch on this a bit later, you are a Unlike a lot of Oilers fans, you're a huge Taylor Hall fan. Yes, tell me how that started. Like it Honestly, got to the point where, like, is it was it a gag? Was it a gimmick? Like, can you just a, You know what? I'm
3: gonna I'm just gonna pull something up here, and I'll tell you. Um, oh, so the first time I tweeted about Taylor Hall um, was, I believe it's gonna take a while to scroll back. I think it was in the World Juniors the year like before he got drafted, and so that was like 2010. Right. Um, for whatever reason, like, could, I couldn't really tell you why. Um But yeah, I don't know. I just like, for whatever reason, in that whole like Taylor versus Tyler, whatever, I was just like, I think I would like Taylor Hall better. And then we got him and that was fine. And for whatever reason, I don't, I can't really explain it because his first, I would say his first probably three years. I, w- I don't want to say it was like underwhelmed, but I was like, yeah, this is a garbage team and he's performing about as well as I would expect someone on a terrible team to perform. Like I wasn't you know but there something like 2013 like the lockout year and then in 1415, and then 15 16 there was like a turning point and like he had shifted I don't really know what happened but something changed in the way that he dealt with the media something changed maybe like off ice training off season stuff I have no idea but all of a sudden in like the fall of 2015 after they had drafted McDavid he was a different player in like in a really good way and I was really looking forward to like seeing what could come from that. And then the trade happened. And I was, uh, very upset.
0: Can we, can we talk about that trade? Cause I remember that trade. And, uh, it uh, was
3: a terrible day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the one for one.
3: <laughs> uh, so that day, um, I was teaching, I didn't, we didn't mention this. I'm a, i am te- did. Well, yeah, Brian said I'm a good, I'm a good teacher. But anyway, my high school teacher here in Edmonton and on that trade day it was the last day of school. Um, and it was a school that I liked, but I, for reasons like seniority reasons and stuff, I had to move on and I've landed in a really good spot. So like the sadness of leaving that school has been eclipsed by all of the better things that have happened since then. But it was the last day of school. we had had like our staff lunch and our principal had let us go. And she was just basically like, You know, be safe if you get into an accident between like the school, uh, between now and the end of the school day, call me before you call the police so I can, uh, like, that you don't get in trouble for not being in the building, ultimately, and I was like, okay, that's fine, Uh, and so I was driving home, I wasn't listening to the radio, because I wasn't, I don't know, whatever, I was listening to something on, like, on my phone, and then my phone, I could see the screen, like, blow up, (laughs) and I was like, oh, this is bad news, (laughs) and then a buddy from high school, do you remember Rory Brown? yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah So Lori he I, texted uh... me. okay so a bunch of people were like adding me on twitter but he texted me straight up and he was he sent me the screenshot of Friedman's tweet and he was like I'm sure you've seen it already but just in case you haven't I wanted you to hear it from a friend and I was like that's very nice so I drove to my parents house <laughs> sat down on the couch and cried <laughs> for a while and then I was more or less fine um yeah that was a bad day didn't like that one at all
0: yeah no i remember so like for those of you who don't follow uh megan's twitter account it's uh make mig 14 at uh, twitter anyway give her a follow very interesting stuff she clapped like megan talks some shit sometimes don't don't uh don't run up in her dms or like add her in a malicious no, way no
3: don't because like i'm probably oh this gonna sound really bad I don't have the patience for that and i'm probably smarter than most of the people who like try and engage with me and i just like i don't i don't have it in me i just don't have it in me
0: um but yeah they like, don't do it but no you were pretty incessant with the uh, taylor hall tweets you're by far the biggest taylor hall fan i know uh, actually of, of all of us uh, i know one person here that actually has met taylor hall Juan, what's your Taylor Hall story? And hopefully this will be a very nice uh, way to affirm Megan's uh, trust in the, our, our guy.
1: <laughs> well, for as bad as a, a reputation that he had around or amongst fans, I uh, actually really liked Taylor Hall. Uh, not in like a, I'd be friends with Taylor Hall type of way, but definitely wasn't like a prick to me. Like everyone described him as uh, back in, I guess, how many years ago was that now that he was on the team?
0: a while I it's
3: been know.
1: five years so we oh yeah,
3: 26
1: okay i suppose i was younger then but anyway i'd see him out and about at like you know late night places whether it be like restaurants and whatnot but he would frequent uh the greenhouse a lot so i i would see him from time to time and he'd come in and eat with some of the players but when he got his like knee injury or some sort of injury to his leg uh, he didn't travel with the team. And I remember I, I saw him come in on his crutches and he was just by himself and sat down, ordered food. And I remember I kind of just shot the shit with him and asked him, you know, about his injury when he'd be back. And he genuinely just sat there and had a chat with me. And then there we were a couple months later uh, when he was back playing with the team. And I was meeting a friend at like the Earls in South Common or something like that. And I sat at the bar and I had my back turned. Uh, to somebody that was sitting at the bar. And I remember I turned around and then, yeah, that happened to be Taylor Hall and he recognized me. And then we started chatting again over there. So he was, he was always like a a pretty, pretty nice guy to me. So that's why I was always like, whenever I see Taylor Hall around, I'm like, yeah, that's my boy. That's my boy. Taylor. (laughs) I was pumped. I was so pumped when he won the, uh, when he
0: won the heart. Actually, it was really, it was interesting to see, you know, you're kind of like, Okay, we're we're getting into our segment so maybe just i was pumped anyway so the other question i kind of wanted to ask was uh what's up with the twitter nerds how do you understand there's a lot of like so there's like seems like there's types of hockey fans out here there Mm -hmm. is uh there's you have myself and jordan uh more so jordan the guy that just watches the team he's played hockey and he has some very strong opinions about hockey and then you have the nerds like uh they talk about coursey clear out Mm -hmm. wow (laughs) like so what's up with that like it's a thing and it does very well
3: can you can you just kind of get into that like so okay the best way that i can explain it is this i sort of mostly understand what they're talking about when they're talking about like you know the the fancy stats if you will um but I'll take it back. The thing that I think is the big schism between the two sort of groups of fans. Uh, and then there's some like myself who just kind of watch hockey and are kind of negative about it. So like, that's a different thing. Um, it's but it's positive. In, in, that, in that 2015-16 <laughs> season, uh, the Oilers played a game against the Capitals. I can't remember if it was a home game or an away game, but they lost one nothing. That was when Braden Holpe was like kind of in his prime, right? Like like really good Braden Holpe. And the Oilers, sure, they got shut out. Um, but that was probably the best game they had played all season long. And what I found after that game was there were lots of people talking about how shitty they played because they lost. And I was like, you didn't watch the game, did you? You looked at the scoreboard and saw that they got shut out and have no idea that that's 100% the best game they've probably played in the calendar year. Mm-hmm. Uh and I think that's like the big difference, right? So like I talk with some of my buddies who do like the fancy stats stuff or whatever, or I guess the advanced statistics is now what we call them. And like they watch the games. Like there's this, there's this perception that they're looking at spreadsheets only and like just looking at numbers. But like in order to do that, you have to watch the games. And they're probably actually watching them more closely and more intently than like other people because they're looking for certain things. They're looking to see like when uh Chris Russell and I don't mean to pick on him. He was literally the first player that came to mind when Chris Russell tries to make it outlet pass. And is it successful? Right. They might wrote at the commercial break, go back and watch that sequence again and then like go ahead and watch it live because they're trying to figure some stuff out. So like it involves a lot more watching of the game than I think the people who don't like, or who don't understand the numbers are willing to admit. And it starts to, I think, feel condescending when you don't understand like the fancy stats, I think that's what happens. And I don't think that for the majority of people who are looking at those like advanced numbers, I don't think they're trying to be dicks. I think they're just like, Hey, here's how we can look at the game. And here's some things that we should, that we should like pay attention to. And then you look at like, uh, you know, then you look at people who are like, Oh, but they lost. It was a bad game. And that's not always necessarily true Yeah, or they won. So it must've been a good game. And that's also not necessarily true. And I think that's kind of where, where the divide is all
0: right interesting yeah no i just uh it frustrates me but actually it's very like but i know that like there there's data to support people's observations so i kind of i do listen to the fancy stats but it is kind of like like man why are you guys so negative like i know it's going to be a bad trade but you know let's just let's Mm -hmm. deal with it Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. so Anyways, before we get on to the rest of our uh, segment, I just got one more, one last thing and just we'll, we'll kind of deal with it. So you're kind of unique. You are unique in this uh, kind of, you know, Twitter world and talking about hockey as a hockey fan. Uh, you're the first guest that we've had to talk exclusively hockey. You're also our third female guest. Uh, how is it being a woman and like having conversations <laughs> Um, not just like conversations about hockey, but you know what I mean? You're, you're talking, you're, you're like <laughs> replying to like Bruce McCurdy. You talk to the Oilers Nations guys, uh, you run, help run Oilers rig. Like, can you just, how, how does that feel? Like, do people discredit you or people like mansplain things? Like do people just don't All think the time. They understand? Okay.
3: All the time. So yeah. So here's the thing. Um, my online persona is not me right? Like, it's a part of me. And like, Brian, we've known each other for like 25 years. So like, you know, that what I put out there is like a version of myself, but it's not like the whole thing, right? Yeah, it can't be for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, I don't generally post my picture with my Twitter. Uh, I don't have my last name. I don't talk about what school I work at. Like, there's a whole bunch of reasons for that, right? And so my Twitter is like, a semi-varnished look at who I am, I guess, as a person. Uh, And so part of that is a shtick. Like, part of it is absolutely a gimmick. Part of it is, like, me just fucking around, right? Because I can, ultimately. Um, And so, like, the Taylor Hall thing, it's funny to me because, like, do I like Taylor Hall? Yes. Am I happy that he signed to Boston? Yes. Like, Boston got a hell of a deal on that contract. It's great. Like, I'm glad he's not coming back to Edmonton. There's a whole bunch of things every time he scores a goal next year, am I going to like tweet about it? Of course I am. Because that's like part of the thing that I've kind of developed. But like what happens with that when people who don't know me very well come across that stuff, I think they think I'm serious. And so like they don't take me seriously when I have stuff to say. Right. About like about the Oilers or about hockey in general or whatever and I don't really mind it I don't actually care because I think I would rather them not take me as seriously maybe as they would take other people but what I do find sometimes is I do get mansplained to and I do have like dudes dropping in the dms being like saying very main things that I will not repeat um and I'm just like I you don't even know me like just go away if that's the best you can do and that's the best way you have to spend your time I feel very sorry for you like that's sort of and that's where I'm at now it used to really bug me but now I'm just like you know what I don't care like I'll never encounter you ever in real life ever again and so that's fine
0: it's good okay but yeah it's kind of sucks I couldn't imagine uh it'd be like I don't know Jordan and I in a predominantly female world trying to explain that. I don't know what that female world yeah
3: i don't and i don't really understand like the thing is i think i've done a decent job of like establishing that i do know what i'm talking about like i don't think i don't think i come across as an idiot and actually last week or the week before whenever we recorded our uh rig podcast um one of one of the, my co-hosts he made a because co- I said something about D- the Duncan Keith thing which we can get into in a little bit if we want but I said something that 26 year old Megan was like really happy about Duncan Keith being on the team because Duncan Keith is incredibly good looking um, and I'm, you, I'm at the point I'm at the point of my life now where like I feel confident enough I can say that and people like I don't care if they don't take me seriously for being a sports fan if I say those things whereas like 10 years ago I might have not said that out loud to try to like prevent some of that judgment but now I don't care
0: yeah no no and I think that's like some inherent I mean that's kind of sexist in a way too I mean like as guys I mean we don't Jordan myself AJ don't really follow like WNBA or whatever but like MMA has a you know pretty prominent women's division and Mm -hmm. like guys can really talk about how uh, women look in relation to their fighting abilities and you know like one of the fighters his na- nickname is the karate hottie like you know it doesn't have uh, but we're not nobody te- thinks that we're any less of a fan or any less knowledgeable because we make comments like that so it, it kind of sucks anyway mm-hmm. thank you uh okay so i've i've kind of dragged this segment out. we should get you on for an, another show but let's get to the main event not saying that you are not, but uh let's get into last last week, Jordan.
2: Okay. Well we're gonna to try to review slash preview kind of what's happening because it's crazy time with NHL. Um we'll we'll talk about the Duncan Keith trade maybe after we'll I'll have a little section on like roster moves that have happened, but let's start with the the newest NHL team to come in, the Seattle Kraken. They had the expansion draft on Wednesday. Uh I will say Frank Saravalli kind of ruined <laughs> ruined it for most people by tweeting out basically <laughs> the whole team by basically I don't know what, 1 p.m. <laughs> you found Dude, a new personal team. He's like
0: NHL Woj. It
2: was, was awesome. crazy. It was it was pretty it was crazy because you're like, is this true? And then everyone's like, yeah, confirming it. Uh so that happened. Uh related. We lost kind of unexpectedly Adam Larson. So uh let's let's start there. Megan, what what do you think about the Adam Larson leaving, and then did you hear? Like, I don't know if you heard uh, Ken Holland's like presser, but he seemed kind of surprised. Like his version of events, basically, he thought they had it in the bag, and then he woke up, and (laughs) he's gone.
3: So, okay, I'm gonna preface this by saying that I'm not really an Oilers fan anymore. okay That Taylor Hall trade kind of like killed my love of the team. It took me a lot of a long time to like come back to actually actively paying attention. Uh, So, there's a part of me that really enjoyed Larson leaving unexpectedly <laughs> um, for no return. Uh, I thought that was quite fabulous uh, for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, but it, I thought it was really surprising too, because just like based on like some of the guys that I know have connections with um, uh, other like reporters for other teams and like all that kind of stuff. Everyone kind of seemed to think that he was coming back and it did mm-hmm. seem to turn in the last like six or seven days prior to that. It wasn't something that was like a long-term sort of deal. Cause I know, um, I know in like, what are we, we're in July. Right. So I know like in May ish, April, May, there was talks like, you know, extension talks and those sorts of things. And, and, that, and to try and get that done before free agency. Uh, and then it, I remember reading that those talks had broken down, which is whatever, like, it's not the end of the world, right. When contract talks sort of break down. So who cares? But I, I was really surprised. Um, and I was really surprised actually at the cost more than anything because it seems to me like just based on that cap hit I can't like it it seems to me the Oilers absolutely could have afforded it so there's Mm -hmm. it's very clear that something happened from like an or from I think Larson's perspective at an organizational level that made it like impossible to resign it's sort of my I my take on it I don't know
2: yeah definitely seemed more more. of a a personal choice that he made He picked Seattle over Edmonton not money related Mm -hmm. so um yeah so now the Oilers will be scrambling to try to fill that position but uh other than that there were lots of really good names especially on the back end that were picked like Jamie Alessiak signed as well uh from Dallas uh, the Fleury brothers Kale and Hayden signed and uh, Mark Giordano the captain of the Calgary Flames is now uh, a Seattle Kraken uh for you guys any names that you liked or were surprised that didn't get taken that were available
0: Tarasenko. I I mean, just just to put that out there, I know he's like injured. It would have been a big risk. And he's a $7 million a year cap hit. Mm -hmm. Something like that? Yeah. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. But you have so much cap space.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and they do have to re-sign Vince Dunn. I think he's an RFA.
0: Yeah.
3: I think so too, yeah.
0: Juan, are you getting the... Oh, go ahead.
2: No, say, I actually like Vince Dunn. I thought it was a good pick, but a uh, lot of people were thinking maybe for like marketing standpoint, you want some big, like some bigger names, like a, a carry price or a, a Tarasenko, but neither of which happened. The,
0: yeah. Are you uh, Hey, Juan, are you getting a Seattle Kraken hat? Like you got a, a golden Knights one. <laughs>
1: uh, I, I don't know. We'll see. The only reason why I started cheering for Vegas really is because they were just that new team that nobody knew to expect. So I just kept betting on them and then winning. So uh, that benefited me monetarily. But other than that, <laughs> who knows? We'll see. Uh I don't mind cheering for any of those new squads just because you just never know how it's going to all come together. Uh, man, I had something to say. Oh, yeah. So going back to that Adam Larson thing. So, again, it, it always, it's always hard hearing, like, a story from another person. It, it came from another person. But uh, I'm pretty sure that there was, like, a definite personal thing coming in at the end. So I, I think we're all forgetting that, like, his dad died in Edmonton, right? So I, I believe from what the story that I heard was, is that he was talking with some family back home. And his mother has not, like, come back to see him ever like since their dad passed away i don't think she wants to come to edmonton i don't think this is like a place that she wants to visit mm-hmm. so i think that right in the end before the deal got done he was just like well i can't just like not have not see my mother and like choose to extend my career here right like no matter mm-hmm. what deal they gave him so it's like hey well, you can go to Seattle now and then basically restart your you know, career somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And then it's not in this kind of dark personal space for you, right, for you and your family. So uh, I think, yeah, anyway, I, I, that, that's I remember hearing that from someone and then being well, like
3: and I Well, I also think that the cleft bomb thing is a part of it as well, like just the fact that he may not play again. And yeah, those two are like a, re- yeah. super good friends. I think that might be maybe a factor in it as well. And so like, why not? And I think, yeah, the personal stuff, like why not try and restart someone else? But it just, it came way out of left field. I think, I don't think anyone was really expecting it until.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess when that, right? that way, it kind of makes sense. Yeah.
0: Anyone yeah. except for Frank Cervelli, because he was, uh, he was on that shit.
2: Yeah. He knew all along where everyone else is kind of like, I don't know. But uh, I think uh, Elliot, you- F- Elliot Freeman reported that, uh, uh, someone from inside the org- organization said that he'd never really liked the whole one for going back to Taylor Hall trade, the whole one for one stigma. And that, um, I don't know how true that is. I mean, it's Elliot Freeman, so <laughs> it's probably pretty credible, but those
1: man Edmonton fans suck. They're like, Yeah, I, some <laughs> of the cruelest fans ever, so. We're the
3: worst. I think worse than, no, I think the media in, like, the local media in this town is worse than the fans by, like, a lot. Oh, yeah. Because um, there's this, like, weird – I don't understand it. Like, and this is something that we talk about on Twitter a lot, but, like, that one, whole one-for-one one thing, like, and sure, that was an – and, I mean, that was just reporting facts. Like, it was a trade. Yeah. It was Taylor Hall for Adam sure. Larson one-for-one. One one. One. It was just a statement, of fact. But, like, you know, you have, like um, – the mitten stringers in the media, like the David Staples and the Mark Specters of the world, who are like, <laughs> you know, trying like they move the goalposts all the time on all yeah. that kind of stuff. And I think over time, like, it's hard not to read your own press, especially in a small town like this. Like yeah. in Edmonton, still for all intents and purposes, is a pretty small market. And I think it's hard not to pay attention to that. And maybe you, like, maybe you as the player aren't paying attention, but like, your mom's reading it, and your girlfriend's reading it, and you know, like, your non hockey friends are reading that stuff. And like, there comes a point in time where maybe yeah, it wouldn't be a bad idea to like get into a little bit bigger market somewhere where you're not going to be quite so noticeable and just kind of be able to, to skate under, to sort of skate under the radar. And in this case, like unfortunately for Larson, he's going to be tied to that trade forever. It's yeah. not his fault. Yeah. Right. For sure. Yeah. Um, I even grew to not hate him and it was never his fault. I was just like bitter about the trade. Right. And so like, that was a thing, but like, I, I think that for him starting somewhere fresh, I think it'll be a good thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah.
0: It's and sorry. Just to add it to just, just what we have while we're just talking about it, it's more just like we say, yeah, the The media here is really bad. It, the media is intrinsically tied with the team, right? So it's a big fish in a really small pond. I, I don't never worked. Uh, obviously never worked for the Oilers, but it's never been a place I'd wanted to. And it was mainly just, I knew somebody that worked for the team. And just when you have that type of, oh yeah, we're the Oilers, you know, you want to work for us. We're not going to pay you more. Uh, combined with the fact that you basically run the town in a lot of ways. Like remember, like freaking Daryl Cates? Daryl Cates was on Michael Rappaport's sick fucks of the week. That story barely traveled in Edmonton, right? You had a like a podcaster from New York talking about it. it it's like stuff, if they don't want something to be reported, it's not going to be reported. So I just like think it's it's also that, you know, big fish, small town, it's the only pro sports in town as well. So you're going to have a lot of that. So it's, yeah, it's definitely a tough market to play for the meat because the media is really an extension of the team. Right. So
2: anyway, all right. Well, let's You maybe you shouldn't slight the the newly named Edmonton Elks. Okay. They're professional as well. What? Elks. <laughs> I bought a new Elks hoodies. So I got to wrap them a little bit.
0: Yeah. They're, they're fine. Yeah. They're, they're, I mean, they play for the CFL. Go Kwaku. is a, he serves a lot of those gigantic children on the uh, Edmonton Elk.
1: <laughs> those man-childs.
0: All right, Jordan, what you got next?
2: Okay, yeah, we'll move on from the expansion draft. Just lastly, one name that did pop up is uh, former oiler Jordan Everly, Is finding a new home. Oh, yeah. Uh, which good for him. Like, I mean, he had a big cap it. Uh, He's going
0: to wear number seven again.
2: He'll be wearing number seven, it looks like, according to the day he came out. Yeah. Uh, but what? what did you guys think of the jerseys? I like them. What do you guys think? I like them. I, don't know.
0: Yeah.
3: I haven't spent money on any NHL products in a very long time, and I am slightly considering buying something from because I think those things are incredible.
2: They are nice, super nice. They showed very well on TV, so nice. Good for good for good for Seattle. Maybe, off to our good ja-
0: Maybe our friend James can buy a new Adam Larson Kraken jersey. Mm-hmm replaces you'll have
2: to yeah he lost his
0: name. maybe
3: the oilers could take some lessons from the kraken and like design jerseys that don't look terrible on television oh, that's, that's what my hope is for um yeah those are the oilers ones are all real bad I they're, sp- they're
2: supposed to wear them. the uh navy with the neon orange as full-time this year right
3: that's yeah those are their new home jerseys yeah i like those yeah. <laughs> they look terrible on television they're so hard to read and, like, for someone like me, who's, like, kind of a casual fan at this point in time, I don't know who everybody is. I don't know everyone's numbers. Mm-hmm. And I can't always, like, I can't always actually read the numbers.
2: Yeah.
3: Right? If I could read them, if there was even just, like, white piping around it and I could read the numbers, I would be okay with it. But, like, they're really ugly. And and the other thing, sorry, this is a tangent, but it, it annoys the absolute hell out of me. The orange on the white jerseys is not the same as the orange jerseys is not the same as the orange on the Navy jerseys. And I do not understand why (laughs) it is absolutely infuriating.
0: You need some consistent theming.
3: Well, yeah. Like if you're trying to build a brand, build a brand, Mm -hmm. right? Like you have your color scheme. So stick with it instead of having three different shades of orange and three different colors of blue. And like, it just, it's mind numbing and I hate it.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, I agree. They should just bring back the, uh, todd mcfarlane jerseys
1: 100 yes
0: huh
1: the oil drop one
0: the yeah that looks like like the mechanical one
2: yeah yeah.
3: man i hated that one
2: god damn i
3: love that actually they should bring back the the ones that they had because that was the third jersey they should bring back the other ones like the actual copper and blue i like with time having passed and looking back at those like those are way better than i remembered them being yeah yeah i prefer those
2: i like the little oil rigger guy on the shoulder on the shoulder Mm -hmm.
1: Oh. that o- that orange crush crap annoyed me.
2: Oh, I hated the fact they were called
0: the Orange Crush. Yeah. Just like, dude, get your own gimmick. You got the Broncos. <laughs> all right, all right. Wait, moving don't on. Get we'll be spoiler we'll... bashing in this podcast. <laughs> uh,
2: before we go off the off season moves, maybe we'll st- we'll touch on the uh, the NHL entry draft that happened last night. Uh, we won't go too much into like the prospects because I don't know we how don't much really know them. I know. Brian doesn't really know any uh Megan question for you uh just going through your Twitter you mentioned you thought the Oilers might take uh uh Ayrton Martino Uh, (laughs) I'm just I'm just curious like uh obviously it didn't he went to end going to Dallas in the third round but uh what what did you like in him or did you you hear from somebody or
3: no honestly okay so this is again part of the shtick um there's a joke I've been, when Mark Spector wrote something a number of years ago about asking 200 hockey men about whatever. Oh, yeah. uh, whenever I talk about hockey men, I always capitalize it, like as if it's like a, a collective, like an actual group. <laughs> and so, me and two buddies were talking about uh, Martino yesterday, as like, yeah, he could be a fine draft pick. And I was, and so my tweet was literally like, as a result of that conversation, that <laughs> that was my source was like me and two friends talking. Um, I honestly like the thing that I was most interested in, in the draft was sort of to see what would happen if anyone would draft uh Logan Mayu that the Canadians yeah. eventually drafted. And then there they went and Mark Bridgman really yeah. stepped in it. I don't understand why.
2: And we should clarify for those who don't really follow hockey, uh Logan Mayu was in some uh trouble <laughs> overseas. Uh I'll let Brian maybe explain what happened. But he actually renounced himself for the draft. So He's trying to play a you know, responsible card and being I, I should pay for my actions no one should draft me but of course <laughs> Montreal in the first round takes them so yeah Ryan do you want to kind of uh, talk about his uh, issues that he had uh,
0: so what I found out was he he took some uh, naked pictures of a of, of a woman and shared them with other people without her <laughs> consent mm-hmm
3: Mm -hmm. yeah I uh yeah and like uh, and he didn't want to be drafted he just said like don't draft me right it's like I'll I gotta work on some stuff don't draft me and like I don't think that absolves him from the thing that he did Mm -hmm. but it's at least a step like it's something and I know it's like it's so minuscule and minor and hockey is like this weird toxic culture but like it's something and all the Canadians had to do is just like not not.
2: Yeah. yeah that was tough and right it was kind of followed up by another on like Chicago Blackhawks <laughs> they had a whole bunch like a row and uh like announced a draft pick trying to basically hide the fact that one of their staff well former staff members is under serious investigation for um uh, I don't know what the term is taking advantage of two players
3: <laughs> oh yeah no he so okay here's my my understanding is that there is um two players for sure on the Blackhawks and then this is a former video coach of theirs who then like once he left his job with the Blackhawks and I don't know if he was like fired or resigned or whatever. And I don't think it actually matters, but they like gave him a reference. So he must've resigned. So they gave him a reference or whatever. And he then went on to work with like a high school hockey team, which to me is the worst part of it. Like, because whatever had happened because he left their employment, I want to say in like 2018 and he was with them in 2010 when this stuff is going on. And uh, according to Brent Sobel, who used to play in Chicago, like, everybody knew. And so, uh, like, Kevin Shaldeoff was, uh, uh, was with the Blackhawks at the time. Mark um, Bergevin was with the Blackhawks at the time. Duncan Keith was with the Blackhawks at the time and went in, like, a leadership role. Um, and, like, I've heard some names bandied about, about, like, who the players might be. And I obviously, I'm not going to say that because I don't think, mm-hmm. unless it comes out, it's worth, it's worth spreading that rumor. What um, did he do? But, Sorry. Oh, like there's, you could read, Rick Westhead uh, has done some really good work and you could read like on unscribed on um, court transcripts and whatnot. Um, and so the former video coach for the Blackhawks, he sexually assaulted uh, one player for sure, possibly a second one. And then, uh, and like the team knew about it and like kind of covered it up. Uh, and then after the fact, so in the, all of the court documents that are out, it's talking about the unnamed player. Uh, and after the fact, when other players found out about it, they were like um, teasing the player who had been victimized and like using homophobic slurs and a whole bunch of stuff. Like there's a bunch of stuff going on. Um, And so this is like an investigation right now. And like, it is amazing to me how the hockey community has like closed ranks and just like, aren't saying anything. Like no one is saying anything and no one's asking anyone those tough questions. And like, or if they are, they're just letting them get away with non-answers and it's really frustrating. So then, yeah, last night when the Blackhawks had eight women lined up behind Stan Bowman as he's making this, making their pick, I was just like, really, that's how we're doing this? Like oh, and
2: yeah, nice. right after Montreal, too. So you're just like, well, good job, guys.
3: <laughs>
0: I, yeah, it was, it was bad. This is why I watch mainly the NFL now, all right? Oh, yeah. Ray Lewis.
3: Cleanest league. Cleanest oh, yeah. Ray Lewis
0: murdered a man. Like, we're not just win. We Can't.
3: We're going to fight about. it. Just
0: win, baby just win no unless you're Ray Rice then you don't win
3: how is that any different
0: because there's video evidence uh I think what you had I'm not saying the NFL is better obviously I take that with a grain of salt (laughs) I think I think sports in general like you're like you're rewarding people for being you know fast impulsive good athletes good fast twitch muscles instinctive you're not dealing with a lot of like reason for some of these guys so uh these are the people that are like they're valued for these qualities it's not different it's just it's such an unfortunate thing about sports and society in general we'll overlook all of your faults um if you help us in some way I'd yeah.
2: say the one big difference is, under, especially in the Goodell era, there's a lot stricter punishment. Granted, there has been guys to come back after, which, I don't know, that's up to opinion. But uh, there are some pretty stiff penalties for some of these guys.
0: Yeah. Like right. Ray Rice
2: hasn't played again. Yeah. Right? I don't know well, if was he was Goodell or not, but. No, no, he was. He, he was. I
0: I think he signed with the Colts, but he never made it onto the field. Kareem, like Kareem
2: Hunt, he's come back, but he served some time for it—not like not actual time, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I just—I
0: I think the whole closing ranks thing—you don't, you wouldn't see so much, uh, like I guess, anymore. I haven't seen, really seen that in football per se. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you had something similar come out, and this was college football, not even in the NFL. Actually, you know that's a bad example. I was gonna say talk about Penn State, but it's just like <laughs> you just yeah, <laughs> anyway like you're know not how you you come back to ranks one. on that you're not they, nobody closed ranks on that per se except for the entire I'm just saying like once that got out of the thing, nobody was like, oh yeah, don't don't talk about this. everybody was talking about it, you know? So I just think it's funny and it's kind of it's really shitty how ho- hockeys seeming like they're just protecting their own, right? but anyway. It's another story for another day. It just sucks that it's such a results-based uh, industry. Not not uh, not hockey in general, but like pro sports. It's it doesn't matter what mm. you do as long as you perform, and then when you don't perform, it's really really enjoy really joyful for people who are looking like watching it, like Greg Hardy. Anyway oh but who
3: did not enjoy watching him get his ass kicked that was amazing (laughs)
0: he's not very good the thing is with me is just like okay aside from the fact that he beats women i don't like his entrance and i just don't like the fact that he doesn't have
3: a ground game (laughs) come on man like see but for someone like me who's like a casual fan at best uh watching somebody kick the shit out of greg hardy was very satisfying yeah like he earned that beating oh yeah You know, and I wish that he didn't get paid to get beaten up, but like he at least earned the beating, right? And I I would have watched ten more rounds of that.
0: Well, there the most would have been five, but uh he got
3: I don't care. I'm would have watched (laughs) ten is what I'm saying.
0: He got paid half of his uh fight first. He got paid to show up, but I agree. Mm -hmm. Okay. Anyway, we 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 could go on for sure. This is a separate topic, but uh yeah.
2: Okay, well, we'll move past the draft. Not, like other than those two moments, everything it was for the, the younger trades guys. Trades
0: were crazy. Yeah, the so we're gonna get were into bad. that
2: now, right now. Okay. Uh, so we're gonna let's go into the 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 trades and offseason moves that have happened. We'll start with the one that happened last week for the Oilers. Of course, Duncan Keith is coming to the Oilers now, and a trade uh, sent Caleb Jones and uh, I believe it was a third conditional second uh, to the Chicago. Caleb Jones is gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no, uh, the big thing here for. <laughs> I think most other fans was the salary retention that there was none. Um, but teach their own. Like I like Duncan Keith, like for what he is again, do I think he's worth his contract at the moment? No, but we'll see. We'll see. I mean, it's a, it's a kind of a gamble.
0: If he, if he turns out, if it's like really the change of scenery, if it's really just like he played for a crappy team and he's gonna play for a better team if he gets more sheltered minutes. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know the the argument on those things was like he was being sheltered in Chicago uh, near the end, but if he works out, like this is not a this is not a bad trade. And I think it's like that's whole uh, draft pick, the conditional second round draft picks, kind of evidence of that. Like they they think he's still got a ton in the in the tank, mm-hmm. and Connor wants this to happen. So I'm uh, mm-hmm. anything <laughs> Connor wants, Connor, Connor gets. Connor wants. <laughs> Connor gets and that was like it was kind of a uh, crazy that Stan Bowman was just straight up gangster. Like, yeah, we could just release him and we could just retain or buy him salary. out, you mean. Huh? You mean yeah, buy him we could just buy him out and he can go wherever he wants, but you're the oilers, you're Ken Holland, and you're not very smart. And Connor wants him, so yeah, we're not taking we're not keeping any salary. we want Steph Jones. So mostly, oh Caleb,
2: Caleb. <laughs> We want they do home. want Seth Jones, or well, as you see They want Seth, they got
3: Jones. Seth Jones. So, yeah. Oh man.
2: So well, now that you kind of spoiled the surprise, well, oh, actually, Megan, let's you maybe comment on the that, like, Duncan Keith trade quickly.
3: Okay, so my, uh, like I said, twenty-six-year-old Megan's very happy with this trade, but I think, I think if if it works out the way that they're telling us it's going to work out, it should be fine. The cost is too high. Um, like, you cannot for the life of me fathom how they didn't manage to, like, force Chicago to retain even, like, 30%. But anyway, whatever. Or give um, them another pick. It's or something. One. Yeah, like, there's just – there's something – anyway, whatever. Uh, that is what it is. It's over. It's done. Uh, and Unfortunately, now with Larson, like, leaving, that opens up a hole that we kind of need to worry about. Um, but it's clear, like, Keith wanted out. And it's the thing that I didn't know, and I respect this, I think, sort of uh, – on you know, in a way that I maybe wouldn't have understood when I was a little bit younger. Um, I didn't realize that he was divorced and that his wife or his ex-wife and kid live in uh, Kelowna or Penticton or wherever they are. Penticton. Um, and <sighs> I don't know, somewhere in the Okanagan. Um, I was going to say Kamloops, but I was like, no, that's not right. But I didn't realize that they live there full time. And so like when I heard that he wanted the trade and he wanted to come West and like basically it was going to be uh, Edmonton, Calgary, Vancouver, or Seattle. Those are like the, the four options ultimately. Um. I was like, okay, that seems weird. Like, and if you're Duncan Keith, why wouldn't you want to come play here? Like ultimately, like at the end of the day, right? Like why would you not want to be here versus being in Calgary or in Vancouver? Like Vancouver is an absolute tire fire, right? Calgary, I don't know what's happening down there. It's not as much of a tire fire, but it's not good. And so like, if you're going to pick between one of those three Canadian teams, why would you not want to be here? So like from that perspective, I get it. And I understand why Emton was on his list. And we're at the point now where like, Connor McDavid, what he wants is what he gets. And if he wants Duncan Keith to come and play here, well, Duncan Keith's going to come and play here. And that's sort of it. But like, I'm worried contact. that I'm worried that it's going to come back to bite them next year when there's some like contract stuff that needs to be dealt with mm-hmm. with other players. I'm worried that that cap hit's going to be a little bit high, but like, it's not my money. And well, at the end of the day, like, what am I going to do? Yeah.
2: I guess there is a, a what is it called? Cap recapture in his contract. If you were to retire... Which is a big thing, actually. Oilers would get a negative cap hit, and yes. is Chicago would absorb the cap hit? Is that how that works?
3: I think so. Something like I that. I think that's how that. So works.
2: the Oilers would actually, but of course, if he retiring, he probably didn't have a good season this year, and uh, or or yeah. he's injured, maybe.
3: Or they win the company is like, yeah, I'm done. Like those yeah. would be the two exactly. scenarios in which I think yeah. he could retire.
2: So right. maybe maybe old Kenny there <laughs> had something figured out. Uh, so j- just before we get to the bigger trades. Talking about retaining or taking on salary. Arizona, I don't know if I've ever seen this before. I think they made, well, they made one trade and didn't give anything up. (laughs) They just took on a bunch, took on a bunch of picks and uh, picks and salary pretty much. Can't remember who it was from now. Vancouver. Well, no, that was the second time they did it. Vancouver. So they got, uh, they traded away Oliver Ackerman, Larson and Connor Garland and they received Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle and Louis Erickson. Uh, <laughs> and and, and some picks Beagle. and some picks to do so. Um, but they made another trade earlier where I think it was from, uh, oh Philadelphia. Was
3: that that was Philadelphia? Yeah, yeah they
2: traded Shane Gosses Bear and some picks to Arizona for nothing. <laughs> and I've ne- I don't even know if I've ever seen that in a trade. No, not even future considerations. Just nothing. No, no. the side was blank.
3: What the fuck which is that? crazy like i always laugh at that in baseball when they trade like for a player for like cash considerations or a player to be named later like i always <laughs> yeah. think that's really funny yeah but like this one i've, I've never seen this before i was just, like i didn't know you could I, that's not a trade that's a gift like yeah. there's no <laughs>
1: you take that's this. not
3: actually a trade right
1: i don't know they just drop them off in front of the arena like what is <laughs> yeah, it <was> very odd. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> all right man so this is where you play now <laughs> <laughs>
2: Oh yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much what it seems like. Uh, but so the big trade that happened yesterday, uh, Seth Jones, as you talked about, is going to Chicago from Columbus. Uh, Seth Jones going, and then he signs a monster eight-year contract, and I think the number is nine point five five. Oh, which see. if yeah, you're if you're Darnell Nurse and Dougie Hamilton, <laughs> you got to be saying thank you, thank God. And I think Kale McCarr signed today too for a similar amount. But he's younger. Yeah. And he had only bought one year of free agency. So, and he's like, came in,
0: he was a freaking Norse finalist. And he's, he's like, better. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like Seth Jones didn't have that good of a season last year. <laughs> so, is Seth yeah.
0: Jones overrated?
3: Yes.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, 9.5 he is. <laughs>
3: no,
0: no, I, yeah. mean, just, in so, general.
3: I just pulled right. up his page on Cap Friendly because I was curious. Um, uh, I don't know. This is the, like, I, I don't know. There's a lot of things, a lot of, I have a lot of issues with the way that like general managers do their, do their jobs. Um, but like the thing that happens and we can, I will eventually, I think, get to this in some of the stuff we're going to talk about later. But I think one of the things that happens that I find really like aggravating is how GMs will like overpay for past performance.
0: Yeah.
3: Right. Like they're not paying for potential anymore because like, as we know, like Seth, like Seth Jones is 26 which means that he's got, like, two, maybe three years before he starts to, like, decline quite sharply. And so he's got one year left on his current deal at 5.4. And then his next contract takes effect in 2022, and his cap hit is 9.5. Oof. And that's huge. Like, yeah. so that takes us to, like, his he'll be 29 in 2024 and that's when he's going to start his like decline that's pretty sharp and by the time he hits like 33 they're going to want to buy him out or 31 32 though they're going to want to buy him out it's a dumb contract
2: and they they traded away adam boquist who is a really good defenseman and with i think it was two or three picks and they used one of the picks to trade to carolina for jake bean so they actually columbus has actually turned out okay for what they traded so Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're definitely younger, but we'll have to.
1: Hey, man, when Seth Jones turns thirty-seven, he'll be right on the Edmonton Oilers, man.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yeah, he sure will be. But no, Um, and I'm looking at Kale McCarr's contract too, right? He's twenty-two and he just signed um,
2: six years. It looks like
3: a six-year deal at nine. So, like you know, at straight up at nine, and like it's interesting too um his cap hit he gets no sign no bonuses or anything until the last year of his contract and that's it um which I think is interesting so but like he's 22 and so he's got a full contract before he's gonna hit that decline and so, like yeah. that's a way better that's a way better contract yeah. than what seth yeah. jones
0: just signed and he's more accomplished than seth jones that's the crazy thing seth jones how many he's not i don't think he's been into the playoffs very often
2: well yeah with columbus they went on a couple little playoff runs there okay mm-hmm. and i only know yeah. that because they upset the leafs for sure and tap away i was gonna say
3: they didn't they sweep the lightning they did yeah that's right ago? they swept them yeah so but like that's days. it like he hasn't done anything no yeah, yeah.
0: he's so darnell nurse is a possibly better defenseman than seth jones is that
2: is last that year name? last year he was yeah i think that's a reasonable statement to say last year he was
3: yeah i think so all right i think so and so like darnell so nurses cap it this year like he's in the, in the last year of his contract he's at 5.6 so like this is the thing about the keith trade that's dangerous right just because now they've traded for duncan keith's cap it's five and a half they just signed mike smith to an inexplicable two-year deal
0: whoa hey um mike smith just pies customer with worth every penny, right?
3: <laughs> no, he's not. He's 39 <laughs> years old. It's, he's not Dominic hashik So, no. One-year deal, fine. Two years, stupid. Um, and so the problem is they've, they've, so funny, then they've committed $7.5 million to those two guys who are going to be, like, pushing 40 next year. Mm-hmm. And Nurse is going to need a contract. And so with Larson gone, they have to figure out to fill that hole. If Clefbaum doesn't come back then he's on ltir but if he does end up retiring then they have to pay that the cap even though it was an injury thing they still have to pay that like recapture so like they're gonna be hooped uh contract wise with nurse um especially i think that's gonna be a really challenging thing for them to do because of these two the, the duncan keith trade and the mike smith signing
1: Connor's not going to be happy about this, okay? <laughs> and they'll Connor still be
2: spending money. They'll still be spending money on the right side because they got to get either if it's Barry or whoever they try to get to fill in for Larson leaving. Now, if they might not even need two guys, well, they have Bouchard and Bear right now, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have...
3: It's going to be another four by four for uh, Chris Russell. That's what's going to happen.
2: <laughs> he's, at, he's at value right now, though. <laughs> what uh-huh. is that, 1.2? Or something.
3: Yeah, so we're
0: we're, we're yeah. hoping the cap goes up. Is what you're trying to say?
3: Yes, hundred <laughs> <That's the> percent. <hope. laughs>
2: All right. Any uh, any other crazy trades? Uh, that was know? that was definitely the biggest one. Uh, I mean, uh, Vorchek is going back to Columbus today. Uh, he got traded. One for f- one. He Got flipped for Cam Aks- Atkinson. Yep. Uh, Sam wow. Reinhart got traded to the Florida Panthers for a uh, goalie, uh, Devin Levi, and a first round pick next year. Yeah, and yeah I think that's all it for bigger trades oh Tyler Hall extended his contract was four by six sounds like yeah it's a
3: good deal that's a good deal for everybody involved mm. I think
0: and then Ristolon and got traded yeah, yeah Ristolon and right.
2: got traded for a boatload of uh, for Robert Haig <laughs> and 20 this year's first rounder and uh, a 23 third round picks so
1: where he get traded or two, to uh, uh,
2: Philly he went to Philadelphia yeah the best part about that trade was that
0: uh, the Oilers didn't make it, so I'm happy.
3: It's true. I was worried they were going to overpay for that as well. So
0: Ken Holland doesn't understand the salary cap.
3: No, no. And
2: right. the Oilers, the Oilers actually don't have an equivalent for Hag. I mean, are they going to trade Bear? <laughs> He's Hag. Well, exactly. He's kind of like a like a fifth, five-six, like rugged type guy. Block oh, okay. shots. Poor yeah. man's Adam Larson, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what a comparable is, but
3: he's, uh, uh, yeah, he's, yeah. Something like that. I think that's probably fair. Like he's not, he's played in 235 games over the last five years.
2: I think he hits and blocks lots, but I don't think he puts up too many points.
3: (laughs) No, he has a career total of 47 points. (laughs) Um, but he's plus 13, which we know for defensemen is very important. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Plus minus is a stat that tells you everything.
2: (laughs) anyway yeah but i think that's about it for the big trades that just happened so
0: now we're uh okay so just last last bit is what's going to happen in free agency yeah let's look
2: forward to free agency uh uh doesn't necessarily have to be oilers but if you there's some big names out there well one thing we do know zach hyman sounds like he's coming to the Oilers, and sounds like it's gonna be seven years because they couldn't work it out with toronto uh the cap hit i'm i what's the the they're guessing the cap is around.
3: I've heard in the neighborhood I've, I've heard originally it was an 8 going to be an 8 year deal in the neighborhood of about 40 million so like around 5.
2: Okay. That makes itch.
3: sense. Kind of yeah, similar like, to what
2: Nuge made, I guess just below that.
3: Yeah, kind con- yeah, I don't know. I don't know. They're definitely is giving this out, gonna yeah, be the... they're
2: giving out that term. <laughs> tell you that much. Is this going
0: to be the Oilers version of the David Clarkson contract? No. He's better oh, than David Clarkson,
3: so. He is better than David Clarkson, yes. Um, okay. No, it won't be as bad as that, but it's still not great. Uh, just because, like, Hyman's fine, I guess. Like, he's not he's not a bad player or anything, but, like, um, David Clarkson, just in case anyone was wondering, was still getting paid, la- not this past season, but the season before. Nice. He was under contract until 2020.
2: Was that with Columbus? Yeah
3: uh yes when someone
2: trade yeah. his rights to arizona probably <laughs> I, th-
3: I think it might have been arizona yeah anyway
0: yeah okay yeah so zach hyman is 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 good but he's not five years or 40 million dollars five million a season good okay
3: yeah right. i think I, feel- I think one of the things that we forget about in edmonton and like i you know we, it's easy for us to criticize like not being the person in charge There is, I think you do have to pay a little bit more to attract people to come here, right? I do think that that, like, Edmonton is just that, like, one step farther even than Calgary, just because, like, for, like, flights and stuff, for family, whatever, to get into the city, especially if they're coming from the States, it's a little bit tougher. Like, there is that little bit that I think we do have to remember that, like, it's not quite as easy to get here as it is uh, to get some other places. And the winters are hot garbage most of the time. Like, so, like, I can appreciate there is a bit of a premium, but, like, I kind of feel like the team sometimes shoots itself in the foot by offering a guy like Zach Hyman, who's fine, I guess, um, a huge, huge contract. Like they're going, like he's gonna, his contract that just expired, uh, his cap, it was 2.25. And so they're going to go, they're going to move him to basically double that. And I don't know that he's done anything to deserve that. But anyway,
0: interesting. Any potential trades uh, out there besides Eichel? Do you think we're going to get Eichel? That'd be awesome. <laughs> No, Wait, Eichel, yeah,
2: Jack Eichel's gonna, gonna move. It sounds like the price for him's astronomical that nobody wants to pit. So,
0: what is it's? It's a lot of draft picks and some prospects, right?
2: Yeah, like good prospects. Yeah, I, I think the only team it sounds like New York was kind of close, maybe because they have a lot of first round prospects and draft picks. But I don't know, I don't, I can't remember what the ask was, but it's high, it's a lot for them
3: yeah it's pretty big and i mean like i get it but i mean i don't know
2: they traded away everyone want- else on that team so <laughs>
3: well that's exactly and if he wants out like at some point in time you have to accept that he wants out and i think he does want out right yeah. so like um if he wants out like at some point in time the team has to be like okay fine you're, we'll let you out because if he doesn't want to be there what's the point
2: yeah yeah all right uh the other the last big name all well, there's well, yeah, the the biggest name on the list, I think right now, other than Ovechkin, who he's just going to sign in Washington, obviously, is uh, Landis Gabriel Landis Uh Sounds like he's going to make it to free agency. Uh, sounds like he probably wants a lot of money. Uh, any idea where you think he might end up or? Is he coming to the Oilers? Where he might fit.
3: Well, see, prior to the Mike Smith signing and the Duncan Keith trade, uh, potentially they might have been able to figure that out, but they don't have the money for that now.
0: Wait, wait, but they don't have money for that. What do you mean? No, they, were...
3: no, they just know because now they're now they're in that now they're stuck on defense. They got to figure out what to do there. So no, and they spent five and a half million dollars on Duncan Keith. <sighs> God damn. Yeah, yeah, was a bad move. Okay. They should have called me. I would have said no. <laughs> they sh- all they needed to do look at my Twitter. I'd have been like, "Bad idea, don't do it." And then if they had just not done it, everyone would be happy.
0: Okay. Nobody's happy about this. Uh, my my mother in law is not happy that Duncan Keith's no longer a Chicago Blackhawk. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So the others don't have money. So we're, we're well. They to- have some
2: money to spend, but if they blow it all they're not going to be able to sign who they still have, who they actually have. So like nurse. And yeah. I think Yamamoto yeah. employee RV will need contracts eventually too. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's about it for free. agency. we'll have to wait and see what happens. I'm trying to predict where some of these guys is going to go with.
3: Yeah. The Oilers current cap space, in case you're wondering is $9 million. And oh, that's,
2: that's pre, great. that's pre possible meal buyout. Right. Yes. Where I think they say 4 million ish
3: something like that but yeah so right now they're sending nine million dollars so like they don't have money to make to sign mm-hmm. someone like landis Cog because they have to do other things like find someone to play
2: and i assume that's also defense. pre pre hyman too
3: yes yeah absolutely right. yeah. yeah so, We're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> so chris is yep. still stuff. like our second best defense <laughs> this is where thomas Tatar is, enters and the let's picture. not forget guys dead cap space $750,000 retained salary on Milan Lucic for this season and next Ooh. season, and a million and a half in Andre Sekra's bio, which, my yeah. God, looks terrible today.
0: Okay. Well, you know what? On that note. I'm happy yeah. because this is a good segue into our next segment. All right, so we normally have top three. It's where we uh, list our top three and we give you a category. Today's different, though because we have a teacher on the call, we are actually going to grade oh, the worst trades in, uh, or their history and to see if they're actually the worst trades of all time. We have, uh, four trades that we're going to grade just like a teacher. All right. So you know that if you have a group project that your Asian friend ended up doing all of, there are four categories that you usually get graded on. So in this category or in this, uh, in this project, we're gonna grade these trades in four categories, each worth uh, different marks. Okay. Um, the higher your score, the higher your mark, the shittier the trade. His first category is uh oh shit. I kind of forgot my categories already. I, I'm gonna <laughs> no no, I can do the this first I one see. that
3: you wrote is context. context.
0: Context. So did they have to make the trade? What was the team like? That's worth 20 points. The lower your score is like, okay, I can see that. The higher is this like you fucked up. Return. Hold on, so wait a
3: second, wait a second. No, no, I don't agree with this. You're doing this all wrong. Why? It should be the lower. Like if they had to make it and it was like an absolutely necessary thing, that's a 20 out of 20, right? Because like it had to get done. If you didn't have to do it, that's like a zero. Like what a waste of everybody's time.
0: So you're saying then we the, lower, the lower
3: the f- lower your total score, if you're if you have a 17, it's a shitty trade. If okay. you're at like a ninety-four, you're
0: like, yeah, you know what? It was fine. Yeah, okay. that makes- All right, we'll do that. The lower your score. alright It's a return out of twenty. What did they get? Uh, the next category is well, what if they just didn't do it? All right, the if they if they were if the team was actually better, if they didn't do the trade, you get a low score. If it was uh actually helps the team out, you get a higher score. And then that's worth 20 points. And then finally, the long-term effects or the, uh, I forgot what I called it, but anyway, the long-term effects of the trade. The lasting effects? Yeah. It's worth 40. The legacy. The lasting (laughs) legacy. The aftermath. All right.
3: I'm really excited about this.
0: I'm pretty pumped. I've been thinking about this all day. (laughs) All right. Okay, so who wants to go first? Should we have mine? Should we have Jordan's? Let's go to the
2: world. Let's go to this world vision screen we got going on here. How about you and Juan go first? All right. <laughs> so, okay. So, <laughs> yesterday,
0: we, uh, just to give you a point. So, everybody sort of, the common myth is that the Wayne Gretzky trade was the worst or trade of all time. There's been documentaries on it, there have been books on it. It's an anniversary date. That date actually is coming. But when we talked about it yesterday, uh, in our chat it's actually not that bad of a trade it was uh, for the situation that they were in and also the fact that Peter Pocklington was willing just to take 15 million dollars and then Glenn <laughs> made a chicken salad out of chicken shit like and then they ended up winning a cup mm-hmm. a year later like it was actually a good trade still terrible but it was a good trade my trade this is I think this is legitimately the worst or trade in the last like like 20 years Nothing comes close. This was back in 2015. So we had just uh, found out we're going to draft Connor McDavid, and we decided to hire Peter Chiarelli. And Peter Chiarelli was getting to know the Oilers organization. And one thing that he didn't learn about was that whatever that sick fuck Daryl Cates wants, that sick fuck gets. Peter Chiarelli trades the second uh, their, their second first-round pick. And a second round pick to the New York Islanders with their man, Griffin Reinhardt. Okay. Context. So let's uh, we'll take a look back. Do you guys remember how the others looked back then? Just yeah,
3: for they, context. They, they, they definitely
2: needed a defenseman, I believe, right? They needed
3: defenseman. They That's did it. need a defenseman, yeah.
0: They had uh I think they had nurse in the in the wings, Clefmon was just starting to come on, and they wanted another guy to kind of Match make that uh, it was a young core. It was a young core, and they, they had
2: Sakara right now, I believe, at this point, right?
0: No, Sakara would have come uh, later on the year after they got Sakara with uh, Lucic.
2: Okay. Uh, I think he was yeah, the year yeah. before that. Um,
0: they would have got Sakara. I'm looking
3: it up. I'm looking it up. Okay. I'm looking it up.
0: They would have got Sakara. I think, yeah, they had him in that. Uh, I think that was that summer.
3: Oilers defense that year at the end of the season, Darnell Nurse. But he only played two games. Keith Ollie, Jordan oh, yeah. Osterley, Brandon Davidson, David Musil, Brad Hunt, Martin Marenchin, Mark Fain, Nikita Nikitin, and Andrew Ference. Oh, guess who is still on the team? Jeff Petrie, uh, Oscar Clefbaum, and Justin Schultz.
2: Ooh. All right, so the that'd DS be a stud core right now.
3: <laughs> and they
0: wanted to add add Griffin Reinhardt. So uh, yeah, context. I don't think they. I mean, look at the time maybe they have to do it. Right. It's just like, you just build up your core strength. I'm thinking out of 20, I would actually give it 15. Like, it's just like, it's, it's a defensible from a team needs standpoint. He was a younger guy. I mean, it was the right direction. I don't think, obviously not the right guy. What do you guys think?
2: Well, looking at it now, obviously right guy, but they, they were, I think they were looking at, uh, Younger guys who are like on that verge of yeah. AHL, NHL, uh, definitely made a wrong choice. It looks like, but yeah, that's what I would think anyway. So out
0: of yeah, 20-
3: the yeah out of twenty, but did they have to make that particular trade? Yeah. No, did they need to trade for a defenseman? Yes.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd say more of like a twelve, maybe. I don't know. It's kind of hard. <laughs> they did yeah, need to find and- a D. What they gave up. I mean, yeah, they gave up uh, first and the 33rd, so first and a second. Uh, we'll, we'll get the to argument. The argument could be you don't know, like you don't, you don't know what those players are, and it's oh. team dependent on who they become. We'll, we'll get to Well, that. I know who they become.
0: But... So, yeah. I, okay, so 12. Like for the need, what do you think, One.
1: Are we overthinking this? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think at that time it was like, there, there was so much at question when it came to who was going to like be the next breakout defenseman for the Edmonton Oilers that like adding a Griffin Reinhardt for whatever, whatever, it was just like, well, we'll see where this goes. Where obviously it didn't really go anywhere, but I don't know. I, I think if you were to like, at the time, you were kind of just like, Oh, okay. Type of feeling. And now looking back on it, you're like, yeah, well, it's pretty shitty, but you know,
0: at the time okay so we'll say 12 defensible it was just like you wanted to add depth that draft the 2012 nhl draft was hot shit though but anyway besides the fact okay so the return slash what we gave up um
3: we give up matthew barzell and i don't care what anyone yet. says the oilers weren't gonna take them they lost that trade the well, second it happened
0: we're getting to that don't ruin my categories okay so just this- <laughs> As an so they they got uh, they got that first round pick, the extra first round pick for David Perron, and that was pretty impressive. Like the fact that uh, Craig McTavish could get a first round draft pick for a rental, like like looking back, T was not a you know, he had his moments, but he was not an overly bad GM. I'm kind of preferring him to uh, to Holland right now, but I think it was way too much at the time, even like f- regardless of who it was, you get a first-round draft pick and a second so it's actually a low first round draft pick too because uh, it was a third pick in the second round like what the fuck for a, a and he wasn't like he was lighting it up in the uh, in the WHL or in the AHL at the time like he was I think probably New York's like third or fourth best defensive prospect we can make that argument
2: yeah I'm, I'm not I, sure who they had at the time but I'm sure yeah it's argument that's he,
3: arguable yeah I think that's fair
0: I think the only way you could really sell it was, well, yeah, he was a first, you're trading a first round draft pick for a first round draft pick and a second round draft pick, mm-hmm. but he was the fourth pick overall. And I just think you, everybody loves, uh, you just love where people are drafted. It's sort of, uh, you know, you're, you're framing bias.
2: He was also a former oil king, if you don't, don't recall. Oh my
0: God, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah Daryl Cates, man, if you need him. Um, at the time, like, regardless of who was there, it was. Uh, I'm gonna give that a five. Can we say five?
2: Right. Or is that too? This high? is this for return.
0: Yeah, for the return. Return slash like the whole trade basically. Oh. Like, uh, in a, in a con- so right now, if you were to trade somebody for a one of their prospects, and you you're giving up yeah. a first round draft pick and a second round draft pick, like would you do that for a prospect?
2: Yeah. Right now, that's a huge. That's a rough trade to make. Uh, yeah, and given I mean, the guys who are around that area, I mean, most of them are all hits like Kyle Conner, Chabot, Sylvester, we'll Nikov, we'll Eric so We're yeah, probably that. a five seems yeah. reasonable.
0: Yeah. So now that takes us to if they did nothing and everyone's alluded to it. They had math. It's not only do they have Matt Barzell there, but the guy everyone was linking the orders to uh, with that second pick was actually Kyle Connor i didn't know this but cal connor scored fucking 38 goals last year and that's mm-hmm. like oh he's a he stud yeah. yeah so if they had done nothing they would have like a stud center slash forward connor
3: or barzell and uh, or they could have just taken thomas shabbat yeah and if yeah. they needed a defenseman like yeah. that probably wouldn't have been a terrible pick
0: Do you think they um, made him do they do they even make the Duncan Keith trade if they had Shabbat
3: uh, Probably not.
0: And and are they going to be screwed for a center this year? Well, they're drafting Connor
2: McDavid that this year. Like that's the year they drafted McDavid. So probably not. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and here's the thing: that second round draft pick. Do you know who they could have taken with with uh, the third pick in the second round? Sebastian Aho.
2: Yeah.
3: At thirty-three,
2: Mitchell Stevens went.
3: Yeah, yeah. Mitchell Stevens, Stanley Cup champion. Mm-hmm. Travis Good. Dermott would have been a fine pick. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I'm looking. It's it's in here. Eric Cernak would have been fine too. Uh, I'm looking at this. It's infuriating. <laughs> All it in the people. And <laughs> Vince oh, Dunn's yeah. later in the draft. Wow. All of the people. Oh, uh, Ruby Hints. Uh, who ended up in Dallas could have taken him. Yeah. No, they. They did some. They did a bad thing. That was a bad trade.
0: All right. So uh, I'm gonna say if they did nothing, let's give them one point. That was how bad that was. One point. Because I think if if they had just stuck it out with that trade, they would be in the better. If they just did nothing, they would have been so much better like this year, even. They would they would have had four depth. They potentially could have had a defenseman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like, oh, this trade makes me so angry. It made me angry that day. I still remember it. All right. So obviously we know what happened. The aftermath. Let's say none of those picks turned out. Let's say some of those picks turned into regular contributors. So instead of Matt Barzell and Cal Connor being absolute studs, they're like third-line players. Mm-hmm. And Sebastian Ajo is a third liner. Griffin Reinhardt played almost no games for the Edmonton Oilers, and he was left unprotected in the expansion draft and then taken by the Las Vegas Golden Knights.
2: Which is a good thing.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: long-lasting effects 12
3: (laughs) out of 40 let's not forget oh it's out of 40 Um, yeah
0: i just think like that's the worst outcome you there's they have nothing to show for that trade they have nothing Yeah,
2: yeah it's not it's not great
0: yeah no it's pretty bad it's a really really ridiculously bad trade like like, if you take even if you take away opportunity cost, it was just you basically threw away two really good prospects, mm-hmm. two NHL all stars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I the, said, I, I, say, I would
2: say the one thing, especially about draft prospects, is uh, lots of guys you don't know what they're going to be. Like, we don't know Matthew Barzell is going to be able to excel like he is, right? Hence why, like, if in that drafter, you probably could have redrafted it. Mind you, there's a lot of good guys up front, but uh, that's why at the time, I, you can cut them a little bit more slack, mind you. I don't like Griffin Reinhardt, but uh that's why like they're not giving up actual like known known talents at the time, right? Like you don't know who those guys are when you trade that make that trade.
3: No. I argue No, but that, like when you but when you look at this like first round that year though, right? Like is very if we good. take if we well, Mitch Marner, yeah, uh Noah Hannafin, Pavel Zaka. Uh Zaka probably went higher than he should have. He's not that great. Um Zach Ransky's fine. Yeah. Timo Meyers is fine. Uh, Jake DeBrusque.
2: Yeah, another guy.
3: Svechnikov, Colin White. Like, there's Brock Besser. Most of those guys have all yeah. There's some pretty decent talent in that first round. And you're right, like, it's hard to know if they're going to make it. But, like, it's it's tough to say that at 16, they couldn't have picked somebody who was probably oh, going to be okay. Oh, that's true. Right?
0: I'll tell you this. Even if at, the
3: 16 wasn't Varzal.
0: At yeah. the time, this was the deepest NHL, touted as one of the deepest draft classes since 2004. Oh, yeah. So I'm, uh, I don't know. I just think, like, just the way this this was, like, the worst outcome, like, the darkest outcome. I, I just, because it's out of 40, I would give it, like, for me, I was like, yeah, man, five or a six, just to cut the money okay. slack. All right. We're good with that?
3: Yeah.
0: So out of 100, 24. 24 all right that's the number yeah. to beat right now all right all right one your your draft your uh your trade
1: oh man uh i don't i guess 12 for like the 10 minutes that i had to actually think of this <laughs> 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 I'm, I, I'm having a hard time right now not to like take this like too personally or maybe actually try to keep it within the confines of what we're trying to do here with grading the trade because it's like in reality if I really were to choose a trade that I hated the most it'd probably be be for uh Dennis Grabishkov. But it's mostly because I hated Dennis (laughs) Grabishkov. For so many reasons other than his inability to actually play at like the level that we expected any NHL defenseman to, especially for how like overhyped he was. Since we had to like give away Marc Andre Bergeron for him. Miss Bergeron. But uh, I don't know. I'm debating on if I should be the guy who brings up the Pronger trade or be the guy who brings up the Ryan Smith trade. But I, I don't know. Do it. You know, the issue being is that I was probably the most excited kid when I realized Chris Pronger was coming to Edmonton. He was like one of my favorite defensemen, like <coughs> as, a, as a young fan growing up and I remember during the lockout and like how kind of like glum it was I was probably a way bigger hockey fan at that time too so when someone told me like they're like hey man you know that Chris Pronger's coming to Edmonton I couldn't have been happier and then with the way that whole season unfolded and then basically Pronger like saying that he wanted out it was such a hard day yeah so I was like, oh man, we like made it to the cup final. We did all this, yada, yada, yada. And so like, you're gonna
0: take Chris Ponga? That's your trade?
1: I guess I have to, I have, someone has to be the one. All to right. Up. Cause like, how do you not, how do you not talk about it?
0: Context. He wanted out.
2: They had crazy. to make that trade.
0: <laughs> they had to make the trade. He wanted out. This is the player in power era. Um, so you kind of graded a bit higher for that. But the other part of the context is as a fan, you just won the cup, or sorry, didn't win the cup. No, we won the cup that year. Yeah.
1: Oh. We just
0: went to the finals. We game seven. Like how much? And it, was it like, like two, like the week after, or was it a few days after? It was just like, hey, he wants out. He wants yeah, it was literally trade. right after. Yeah. Like I remember. Like I don't. Uh, I remember being pissed off about the the last trade we had, but at least we got Connor McDavid that day. This I this was a glum day in uh, Edmonton Oilers sports fan history, dude.
1: It was hard, man. Someone kick you in the dick, then punch you in the stomach afterwards. So yeah. it was just like, I was like, how am I supposed to take this? Now you're saying that our best player wants out after like the season that we had and the cup run and everything. Yeah, it's a hard pill to swallow. And then now reaching into the little bag of like sand that we got for it. So
2: well, okay, yeah. this is, I'm going to stop you. And maybe maybe Megan knows. Uh, because I researched the Joffrey loophole trade Which I'm going to pick so much it went oh, into we the pronger trade Grade the context Oh grading context Well oh, he's just talking about the return Okay I'll grade the context I would give it
3: Well they this. had to do it They didn't have they a They had to do it, it Yeah like, so Yeah, yeah. It, was a, it, it was a must 20?
2: <laughs> oh no it Like a, it,
3: it's a 50 interrupt or up It has to be Because like yeah. he He could have not They could have not traded him And he would have just sat yeah. Yeah. He have not cheated on his wife Well
0: <laughs> <laughs> le- <True>. Allegedly <laughs> I mean there Here, is sick. <laughs> okay,
3: so
1: allegedly. Okay,
3: it's, it's an I honest. To be, to be fair, you know, to be fair about that, like, I don't know about that being necessarily 100 true, but I do know that his wife, uh if the Oilers were, if they were in town for like less than four days at a stretch, she was like, she just stayed in St. Louis. She only came and brought the kids here if they were here for five days or more. Mm-hmm. So, like, so that was part of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, they had They're young kids, really and she's and way. she's also. She's also from St. Louis from like old like plantation money is my understanding. So like his career earnings were inconsequential ultimately. Um, but that was part of the the family aspect of that was like, she was not happy here.
0: Okay. So it's a 16. I'm going to say 16, but it feels like to me just remembering that day, it feels like a four. I've never been more bummed out by a hockey. Uh, not yet. Wait till the day Connor gets traded, but that was like the lowest as a sports fan, I think I've been was the day uh, you found a pronger asked for a trade. <laughs> All right. So the return. Refresh our minds. What did we get for uh, Chris Pronger?
1: Well, <laughs> let me tell you. We got old <laughs> we got Edmonton Zone, old Jay, J off, old Joffrey Lupo. Joffrey Lupo, baby. <laughs> the fan favorite, Mr. Pylon himself, Ladislav Smead. The Russian pylon. He was a prospect.
2: Check. And he's check. (laughs) Whatever,
1: man. Not so much I didn't care. And then we got a um, 2007 first round pick. We got a 2008 second round pick. We got a 2008 conditional first round pick. And that was conditional if the Ducks reached the 2006-07 finals.
2: Which they did.
3: They sure did. did.
1: They sure did.
0: And won obviously
3: forever forever. <laughs> <laughs> okay
0: so at the time it was like that's kind of your standard uh superstar trade package yeah,
3: yeah. Two, two, i would point uh, out that 2008 first turned into jordan Everly. yeah yeah and then they traded away the second in 2008 and the 2007 first Yeah. The, i think they traded which they traded that to phoenix and they got another they traded up op- in 2000, got Riley Nash, who they yeah. traded to Carolina,
0: from, from Martin Marincin,
3: who they traded to Toronto, and they got a uh, 2015 fourth, which they traded to Ottawa, along with Travis Iwanik, and got Eric Grab out of that deal. Oh. All right. I'm, so, I have this, I have Steve Angle's, like trade tree up. Yeah, I have it, I have
2: screen, it up too. So, I'm trying not yeah. to say the Joffrey Lupo one because that's my trade. I don't know what to do. Yeah. But, um, yeah and and then they're 2008 second. Turned into a third, it looks like, as part of yeah. compensation for Penner, who they later traded for a bunch of guys, one of them being Oscar Clefbaum. But yeah, that was a bunch of picks that got Penner through the conversation. So we'll leave that one out.
3: Yeah. And then the only yeah, so Clefbaum is the only person involved in that trade at all who's still with the Oilers organization.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. So at the time, what do you think about the return?
2: Yeah. I mean,
3: honestly, without Chris Pronger and like Mike Pekka on the team, the Oilers were hot garbage. Right. So like yeah. they really were like there, there's without with Chris Pronger gone, like they were hot garbage and everyone kind of knew that. So like, that's a pretty decent return, all things considered yeah. at the time. And like you say, it's like that blockbuster sort of superstar trade. You get like a player, a one current player, one who's a prospect, some picks that you can kind of like use for, for collateral and those sorts of things. So like, it's not bad not A
0: bad return. I just why did they choose Joffrey Lupo? Why couldn't we ask for Ryan Getzlaff? Was my always my question. Was that just not on the table at the time? I don't think it was on the table,
1: it was not on the table. I don't the think the Ducks would be willing to part ways with And him. then
0: I think it was like everyone was going to uh the sending him to Florida. Was that ever for Bowmeister and uh Horton? No,
3: that was never gonna happen. Jay was never gonna come
2: here. All right, that's a monster trade. <laughs> Way better.
1: Man, I still can't believe that the Ducks had Pronger and Nita Meyer on the same team. Like, what the fuck? Yep. <laughs> Those are people who are dumb.
0: Like, seriously. Okay, so out of, t- out of 20, that return. Um, uh,
2: they'd be higher, too. I like it. Like, they got 50? a good return. Yeah, 15 seems reasonable.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> All right. So if they did nothing, well, what happens? He doesn't play, I guess. He just sits out
3: either way well like either way they don't have chris pronger on the ice but at least this way they have something in return for chris pronger
0: fair enough they they couldn't really do nothing they kind of had to trade him that was kind of like the uh, the shitty part mm-hmm. even if they let's say if he held out the oil still like you said would have sucked they would have been hot trash um oh it was such a yeah that was a that was a really dark day They're to be so an Oilers bad. man yeah. It's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. They are talking about... Well, here's the
3: thing, though. Here's the thing. If they didn't have to make that trade, they probably don't end up uh, in the sewer, and then they don't trade Ryan Smith. Yeah. Because that That's was cool. that was in 07, right? So, like, yeah. they don't trade Ryan Smith in 07, and that might shift some other stuff. But that maybe is, like, the, the short-term result of them not trading Chris Pronger, maybe.
1: And you don't get Dennis Grebyshkov. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You also likely may not have gotten Connor McDavid or Leon Draisaitl. This is true. They would have been stuck kind of in the middle, I think. I think that was the thing. That was like kind of the theme of the Oilers post-Stanley uh, Cup run was just trying to get back, yeah. but they never had the horses to do it. Yeah,
1: you know what? In reality, looking back at it now, looking at this trade as a trade it, that you had to do is probably like, well, for what we were going to get, I guess this was good enough, but it's like, this truly was the beginning of the end and put Edmonton right in its true downslide that we've been basically suffering until you know the McDavid kind mm-hmm. of started, right? So it's kind of just like this was the start. Pronger said he wanted out, and we were just like, we came off of this high from going to the playoffs and going all the way to the final. And then that high quickly became a giant cliff and we were just falling and falling <laughs> and falling. All right. So out of 20. I
2: don't
3: know. I don't even know.
2: 15. That's (laughs) it.
0: All right. fifteen It is. All right. The aftermath.
2: Well, we kind of just talked about that as well. Pretty
0: much. Okay. Just to say, it's just the worst time to be an Oilers fan. That was like the worst. Yeah. You're so hopeful. So hopeful. There's so much hope. And never never any that was results. a hard time
1: for me, man because like I think like we didn't get to grow up in the, in the 80s era, right So like we've always known Edmonton as that like shit blue collar team that like didn't probably ever didn't really deserve to be in the playoffs except for the hard work of like these very few talented people on the team and a bunch of again blue collar players. So for the fact that Edmonton could be this team and we were still an underdog in that entire playoff run, the fact that we could make it all the way to the final, and for our generation of fans, that was the first time we ever got to really experience like Stanley Cup, you know, potential and real playoff vibes for the first time in our lives. So the fact that it was ripped away from us in such a horrid way that the preceding 10 years after that would be the worst time ever to be an Euler fan was a hard pill. It's been, it's been still, even to this day, like we've never really recovered from it because it's now we're just bitter it's bittered mm-hmm. us so bad that I can't even like accept Connor McDavid on the team. It's just like, we don't even, I don't, he doesn't deserve this. Like that's like the feeling we get.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Wow. I couldn't have summed it up that eloquently. Uh, I was going to think the aftermath was to be expected, but that was like, Oh yeah, man, that was a dark time. Actually darker than the last one. I'm going to rank this at about a two. Yeah. <laughs> that's a two. Okay. So, let's see. Forty-eight. Thank you. I got you. Don't worry. Forty-eight. Okay, next one, Jordan.
2: What did you guys the worst trade? I had the Lupo, Joffrey Lupo, when he was traded away. So the main young piece in the Pronger trade, (laughs) our defenseless stalwart, we then trade after one season, along with possibly one of my favorite Oilers, Jason Smith. our captain at the time.
1: <laughs>
2: we trade him to the Philadelphia Flyers for Yoni picking in Jeff Sanderson and a third round pick that turned out to be Cameron Abney. Oh my God. So the context, a, the, trade, the context of the trade, the context of the trade, they didn't need to make it. He had one season. It wasn't great, uh, but they could have hoped for a bounce back season. Like he had the pedigree. Just let him, let him marinate a little bit, but no, they go and trade him. So context, I don't know. I'd say it's something pretty high because they don't need to make the trade. You mean low? You mean low? Okay, low. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty low. Did,
0: you're right. They. I don't think they had to make the trade, but at the time, like, like you're selling loophole and you're getting so picking in. Uh, if you don't remember, because I remember that year in the draft, uh, Philly actually traded up for him. Mm-hmm. He was like the next great defenseman. I was actually thinking they were gonna. Get Send pronger to the flyers for picking in for some reason just because mm-hmm. that seemed like it made sense. Uh, so the fact that you can get him for Joffrey Lupul and
2: Jason Smith, <laughs> yeah, that's not bad. And we had an uh, aged Jeff Sanderson, yeah. Um, so do you want to do turn now?
0: I, I don't think I don't we, yeah, we still get a, I, Okay, so they didn't really have to do it right at the end of the day, I don't think I, they
2: had like they didn't have to, they could have just let him.
0: They signed Sure that summer too, so they, they, they were starting to get that build with mm-hmm. their defense mm-hmm. again. Um, I don't know, Meg. Any thoughts?
3: Well, I'm trying. Like I, oh, I can't remember why. It was on free agency day, too. Like it was on July first. Oh yeah, there was a reason and, why. Like uh... there was, and I don't remember. I don't remember like the circumstances surrounding it, but there had there must have been a reason. Um, I don't know if it's like the Oilers even then believed you could only have like two good players at a time. Like I have no <laughs> idea because um, it's clearly a thing they believe now, but like, I, yeah, there was, oh, there's something about that that it happened on free agency day. And I don't remember what it was, um, but I don't think they had to make that particular trade. And I agree with you, Jordan. I was sad when Jason Smith left. He was one of them. I used to teach his kids swimming lessons. They were so nice. Uh, and he was a very intimidating man. <laughs> like he would just sit up in the bleachers at the pool I worked at and just like glare. And I don't think he was really glaring, but he just had that look. And I was, I was like, oh my god, you were terrifying. He um, reminds
0: me of Chris Benoit, to be honest. I was thinking about that. Oh god. <laughs> and he turned so out like, you know what? He was Chris Benoit light, like, but that's okay.
3: Yeah, I don't think they had to make the trade. I would say it's like it's gotta be, it was it was not necessary, but I guess there was there had to have been a reason for it. Yeah.
0: Um, okay. So um,
3: that we maybe don't know about.
0: I say like a seven.
3: Sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah I that was... that.
0: okay. Seven.
1: Freaking Yanni okay. Pickin man. Okay, so
2: the we'll go to the return.
0: Yanni the return
1: Jeff.
2: they got Yanni picking in. Fuck yeah. Uh, who at the time was a really good defenseman. Well, up and well, coming anyway. Stud. Like I uh, said, I was
0: pumped if they would have got him for Pronger.
2: Okay. <laughs> and uh, an aged Jeff Sanderson. Oh, God. Uh, G off. He was. And, a and then a third round pick. So, the yeah, return man. is probably kind of reasonable. Like they're sending a, uh, a young, talented forward who's not really de- producing the well, the one year for 16 goals he had. Who, Lupo?
0: Yeah,
1: he had 16 goals that had, year. So he, he had 28 20 20 points
2: in 82 games. Yeah. They right? Or 81 him. games, sir. Yeah. Yeah.
1: He's like an Edmontonian, uh, yes, he pulls the RV who can speak English.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'd say, I want to say the return's not bad. I mean, it's an average return. Uh, but so I'll let you guys rank it. I'll try to stay under that one for the return.
0: I actually think it's like, it's got to be above 14, like
2: picking above 14. It's yeah. average.
3: I think it's like, I think it's average. It's like 10 to 12 somewhere. Yeah. I think it's probably fair. But pick in, <laughs> man, the next Yanni. Nina, well, no, 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 no. But here's the thing. It, Cause this is the thing. If you keep going down that tree tree, you get picking and Sanderson in the third, that's fine. But then picking picking and goes to Carolina, we get Eric Cole, who then gets traded to Carolina uh, for Patrick O'Sullivan mm-hmm. and a pick, who becomes... Uh, and then we trade that pick I'm to Buffalo sure. and get Alex Kotalik, who played, like, seven games. I don't then know. That's it. And then <laughs> the, Cam, and the Cam Abney part of that, we got nothing for Jeff Sanderson. There was nothing, nothing there. So the Cam Abney part of that return uh, went to Toronto with Timo Hardikin for Mark Fraser. So, like, it's not... if you The immediate return is fine, but I think if you kind of work your way down it has to stay in that like 10 to 12 ish range. It can't
0: be any higher than that. Okay. Let's uh, give that a, we'll say it'll split the difference. Eleven. Okay. Okay. So
2: if they didn't do it now, this is where obviously I have no clue. They didn't do it. Lupo maybe has a turnaround season, depending. We don't really know the reason why he left there. I, yeah, I agree. There was something there that I don't know why, but let's just say he comes back this season and has a bounce back season. Um, dealers have just a better forward and they still have their captain at the time, Jason who <laughs> we don't lose, our heart and soul um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, I'd probably say if they didn't do it, it'd probably be somewhere mediocre for scoring because it's kind of like, I don't think they're any worse if they don't do it because yeah, I like I said they fair. end up going to like long-term effects, kind of Megan kind of laid out there, but for the actual, if they didn't do it, I think it'd be somewhere in the middle, like a 10 like I don't think there would have been any worse for wear if they didn't do it. If that makes any sense. Because yeah, their return, like Cameron Admin never turned out to be anything. Sanderson retires and Pickin goes on to be Alish Kodalik for 12 games. <laughs> well, Ronnie
1: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Pitkin was basically he was supposed to help bolster our offense from the back end.
2: And he was, and he scored almost half the points that he did the year before.
1: But then so he we didn't we do was also it. An absolute defensive liability. So and that's mm-hmm. we also signed Sheldon Surrey because I remember my brother and I would always make jokes is that Pitkin had one job. Skate the puck up, look to the right, and pass it to Sheldon Surrey. You have one job, stand here, pass it to Sheldon Surrey. <laughs> Sheldon Surrey was good at one thing. Yeah.
3: Oh,
0: sorry. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think if you kept loophole, his like his obviously career high 28 goals. He scored 20 goals like a few more times in his career. He's like a talented forward. I, uh, I think they, I don't know if they would have been better,
2: but uh, I don't think they would have been worse.
0: Yeah, I don't think it would have been. That's no why worse. I'll,
2: I, I would just leave it as a med- like a middle ground, like to maybe a ten. Okay. Right. Does that make sense? Like, no yeah, better, no, no, maybe there, no worse. Okay. All right. 10. And then the lasting effects. Uh, they turned out pretty much with nothing <laughs> in the end of it. Like the trade tree ended. Uh, Sanderson retired. And Pickanen, they only kept for one year.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: How long do they keep Sullivan? Oh, Sullivan for?
3: Oh, um, that was a disaster. He was, yeah, that yeah. whole thing was just a mess. Because yeah, he
2: played, he played on that line with Nilsson and Gagne. Was it Gagne they played with? Maybe. He was, he played, uh... he
3: was only here in, the, in Edmonton for two seasons. And he only played, he played 19 games the first year that he was here. And then he played 73 in the second year.
0: He hated it. Our... Uh, and
3: it was, he hated it here. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. But
2: O'Sullivan himself had a whole list oh, of problems yeah. from his earlier days. Yes. You know, years yes. of abuse and all that. So I, I won't blame There him was
3: lots that. of stuff going on. Yeah.
2: And then Ash Kotalik came here to the dead, must have been a deadline move. And then walked via so. free agency. Yeah, recording 11 points in 19 games.
3: Yeah.
2: So lasting effects. I, one could argue too they're probably like, if they didn't make the trade, the same lasting effects could have happened. <laughs> Lupo just leaves to free agency. They get nothing for Jason Smith, maybe retires as an oiler. That might be a good thing, but I'm yeah. sure they would have traded him at some point.
3: Yeah. I don't know. I, I think yeah. he went to
2: Philly for three. He went to
3: Philly for a year, a year, I think. And then he was only in, and then he was in Ottawa for a year. And I think that was it. Yeah. So he's basically at the end he, of his career. So again, like,
0: like, what? it did, ultimately, it didn't mean anything. It just killed, like, it just died, right?
2: Yeah, it kind of died. Well, it depends. Like, I think that asset management-wise, they could have made a bit better trade.
3: <laughs> well, I think all of the little pieces, like, it, the loophole thing is fine. And sure, like, we traded and, and got Jeff Sanderson, which at the end of his career, and you only pick him and was fine. Like, mm-hmm. he was, you know, he wasn't what maybe they expected, but he was fine. But I think when you start looking at, like, the picks that go with that, and yeah. stuff like they there's nothing lasting from that trade in this franchise like yeah. the only thing from that entire chris pronger trade that's still with the oilers is oscar club and that's like probably not for much longer yeah
0: all right um I don't know how to so what's it, your
3: number on that i
0: don't know i think like okay so you can take it one way you can be like okay it ultimately didn't matter Right. It didn't matter. At the end of the day, it was just a poorly managed asset. I wouldn't rank this lower than the, than my trade.
2: (laughs) Of course you wouldn't.
0: No, but but seriously, I will say,
2: I will say for being the key piece in the pronger trade, you get nothing for him. And he only lasts one year with you. Yeah. (laughs) So that stigma too goes with it. You're like, this is the big piece from the pronger trade. And then you trade him away and after one year. Left. And then two years later, you basically have nobody. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Because you, you don't again, you at
2: the point, you don't know what the draft picks are like. We don't know. Well, I guess, you know, in the year later, it's Everly who goes on to be a world junior star the year later. <laughs> and then, yeah, we're excited. I
0: don't know. I just think like just the way the Barzal, Kyle Connor, do whatever mod. Yeah. I don't think it's as
2: low as yours, but I think yours is too low. <laughs>
3: I'm just, saying, I'm just saying, oh, Holy, I'm just saying that right i'm that just gonna say for argument's dip, sake that was a
0: depressing trade man i'm surprised at uh how low it was but yeah
2: <laughs> okay why don't we just tie You're
0: we're just surprised say.
3: at how low the arbitrary number you assigned it was like you just Tell picked a number i'll, I'll get a little
2: since that of 40 i'll give another 10 that's unreasonable it's higher than yours
3: you'll yeah. say it's 10? Okay. 10 i'll say it's 10 10
0: 38 30. okay, 38 38 all right which brings us to Megan.
3: Okay, mine's not going to be very long because it's very simple. Uh, the trading <laughs> Taylor Hall for Adam Larson and Adam Larson just walked. So yeah. um, did they need to make that trade? No, they did no, not they need didn't. to make that trade. Yeah. That was terrible asset management. I would say from like on a scale of one to 20, I would say that's about a four. Uh, did fair. they need a defenseman? Yes. Did they need to trade arguably their best player from the previous season for... Adam Larson. No, like you can't deny they needed a defenseman. Totally understandable. Uh, there were other options. There were other things on the table. I remember lots of people. I mean, I'm glad they ended up not making this trade too, but there were other people talking about like Suban for like dry sidle and nurse and whatever, as we know, probably wouldn't have worked out. But at the time, no one knew that Leon dry was going to turn into Leon dry Like that's, that's the thing, right?
0: And no one thought that uh PK would fall off a cliff.
3: Yeah, like, there's, you, I mean, you you know what's coming He's a little bit older and stuff, but yeah, like, it's not, you're not, I mean, he was only what, 25 or whatever, 26 at the time, so, like, you would have thought he'd had, like, maybe three, four good years left in him. Um, so, anyway, so, did they need to make a trade for a defenseman or figure something out? Yes, absolutely, 100%. Did they need to make that trade? No, and the reason they made that particular trade is because Peter Torelli had a deal in principle with Milan Lucic to come and play. Left wing with Conor McDavid. And the problem with that is that the money that they spent on Lucic uh, was essentially uh, the money that he spent on 23 year old Milan Lucic, even though Lucic was like whatever he was, 27 and couldn't skate anymore. Um, that was, and that was the reason why um, they made that particular trade and got rid of a left wing because they could have traded someone else for Adam Larson. And uh, you cannot tell me that uh, Ray Shiro was not like. Holy shit! Holy shit! We just got Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. Like you cannot tell me that was not the reaction <laughs> yeah. in New Jersey. It was a terrible trade, hot garbage. Um, the return is a zero. I'm telling you flat out, it is a zero because Adam Larson walked, and there were no other pieces involved in that deal.
0: Okay, so uh, they, I counter. You can't. You can talk me out so of I this. Can. I'm I can't sorry. Uh, Okay, so I'm I'm not arguing that it's a low grade, but. He contributed to the others. I'm not Doesn't saying he...
3: how many how okay, fine. How many playoffs? How many rounds in the playoffs did they win while Adam Larson was here? One. How many rounds of the playoffs did Taylor Hall's team win when he was in the playoffs and on other teams? Two. Uh how many times did Adam Larson win the Hart trophy? Zero. How many times did Taylor Hall win the Hart trophy did and they, legitimately no, drag a team, true. drag a team across the finish line into the playoffs? One That's time. what the other Adam categories Larson, are for. Adam, I just, I'm telling you, if you want to talk return, like if it's a, it's a one for one trade, we have to talk like player for player, right? Yeah. It's a, it was a bad return.
2: The, the reason why I want to say zero is because I feel because Adam Larson left, that's more in like long-term effects as straight up trade. It wasn't value for sure. It's low.
3: Not at all.
2: Uh, but yeah. at the time, for the reasons that you kind of laid out with the blue thing that he had kind of lined up, he did get a guy who was under team control for a couple of years at a good contract so i'd at least make it a two <laughs> yeah, I can, just... okay
3: i can you can talk me into a two i okay. think that's fine i think that's fair. Okay. we'll give it but a like, try. no if, if we're talking about the return like player for player mm-hmm. right and like david staples wrote that dumb inane article about how oh well, this year the oilers clearly won that trade but then the next year oh the like no you win or lose a trade the problem with like
0: david staples Taylor by Hall the thing, way his kid can't read that's why he's always upset
3: Oh, I'm, I can't do math either. I know. I want, to, I want to put it for um, the record,
0: for the public record.
3: Yeah, no, I, I'm aware. Um, I also heard some other terrible things about him, which can be said not, not in public. <laughs> but anyway, um, the, the thing about like the return itself, it's very difficult to quantify a return for like an all-star forward and a stay-at-home defenseman yeah. in a one-for-one deal. Like, that's a really hard thing to quantify because they don't play the same role. They don't do the same thing. I will say that the one thing that Adam Larson was able to do that Taylor Hall couldn't was make a breakout pass sometimes because Taylor Hall used to have to make a breakout pass to himself yeah. in order to get the puck out of the zone. So, like, that was maybe the one thing that that Larson brought. Um, but I remember that first year when Larson was here, the narrative around like through the media and around the team and stuff. Uh, The first game that Tiller Hall played back in Edmonton, uh, my dad and I went to Adam Larson was the game's first star because he had 13 hits. And I was like, fuck you guys. (laughs)
1: Like it was
3: so transparently bad. I was very angry about that. Um, In terms of what if they didn't do it? Oh, let me tell you a what if if they didn't do it. I think the Oilers have a Stanley cup by now if they don't make that trade. Okay. You think they have how many seven? players? How many, how many players? Here's, here's a question for you guys. How many players since Doug Waite left in 2001, I might add, have scored 80 points or more for the Emerson Oilers? Okay. And can you name them? No. 80 points or more. How many, how many guys have Hunter scored 80 David. points or more for the Oilers? With David, you
0: know, David, David. All. that's
2: about it, right? You know,
3: Taylor Hall. Okay. Taylor Hall had 80 points in, I think, I want to say, I uh, no, it wasn't 2015, 16. It doesn't matter. Oh. Taylor Hall scored 80 points while he was here. Conor McDavid, Leandro, I said, that is it. So just want to
0: add because uh, you're you know, you're know, on a roll. I don't want to, I'm to add to <laughs> I am on
3: i – I'm steamed, let me tell you.
0: So if they kept – here's the other thing. If they kept uh, Taylor Hall, you're not looking for a third-line center anymore.
3: Oh, because you're, Nuge is there.
0: Depth. You've mm-hmm. got depth now because you've got uh, Conor McDavid, whoever the hell you want to bring in to play with him, and then Leon and uh, Taylor Hall on the same line. And then Nuge is the third line. So you actually have, still have the two lines of scoring you've been trying to keep mm-hmm. for a while. Um, mm-hmm. I think they would have kept, I think Taylor Hall, yeah, I don't know if they would have won a cup, but just because, uh, but maybe with this year's edition or last year's, because if they had that second line and, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just, yeah, I agree. I think, I don't think they would have won a cup, but I think they would have gone to one for sure.
3: Oh, no, I, no, I think they absolutely would have. Because, like, if you look at the, the Penguins model of things, um, they were on track to sort of build around Connor McDavid in that way if you keep your core, and uh, this includes Jordan Eberle as well, if you keep them here, right? You have a built-in second line that works, and everyone kind of knows works, right? And so then, then you you need to, like, shore up your bottom six. You got to worry about defense and stuff. But if you have offense on two lines, you can roll a third, and then, like, your defensive deficiencies aren't a big deal, right? That's part of it. The other thing, the, like, about that whole thing, I think they do win a Stanley Cup because I think if you have Connor McDavid playing with whomever, and that season, because McDavid was hurt, don't forget, in his rookie year mm-hmm. for however many games he missed, 47 games or whatever, Hall and Leon Drysaddle were a phenomenal combination yeah. together, yeah. right? And so, like, you have that pairing, add Everly uh, on the wing, on the right wing or put Everly with McDavid. I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, and you've got something there. So like in terms of what if they don't do it, I think you're able to attract people to come here on trades. I think you like Edmonton's not on people's no trade list. I think you're able to attract better free agents than Tyson Berry.
0: Um, oh, you think so Tyson Berry's name out of your mouth.
3: <laughs> he's a bad defenseman. I don't care how many points he scored. Um, and so like, I think you're able to do those things, right? I think, I think you have a little bit of leverage and what they did by, trading uh taylor hall essentially for milan Lucic, like let's be honest here that's what the trade was for adam larson was just the player that came back i think making that trade i think that it it put them in the situation of their end. right that's all so like i would say what if they don't do it i don't know i i can put that kind of in the middle somewhere i would give that like maybe like a 9 10 something like that because like you don't know for sure maybe dry saddle doesn't well, become what he has turned yeah. into and those sorts of things but I think they would have been better off not making the trade.
2: Yeah. I think it's a 10 as well, because I think if uh, the exact reason why Taylor is not here anymore, Peter Torelli, if he doesn't make that move, he makes another stupid move and he probably still (laughs) fucks us over. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but that's not really. Yeah. So a 10 is reasonable. I think a 10 is reasonable. Yeah. I
3: think it's like right in the middle.
2: Yeah.
0: I was actually going to bump it down to where I had uh, mine because. Okay. So mine is actually, I give mine a one. If they did nothing they would have been good if they did nothing on this i guess i guess the only thing is just do you think they still do the everlay trade
2: well the
3: everlay no, trade only happens yeah
0: so i actually think like if they didn't do anything here and they just tried to get somebody like a defenseman in the offseason i actually think if they would have been okay if, if you're going to give one to barzal the barzal trade you probably have to give a one to this one as well.
3: Well you get you, you, you give it a one, one. Is which is <laughs> too low. <long. laughs> well
0: you guys this is an argument. You have to talk and this is a discussion. I said and
2: you're the- <laughs> just grading your own
0: trade. Okay well <laughs> I'll, so, say, I'll give this one a one. I,
3: okay, so we'll split the difference then I don't know I'll give it I'll call it like a six then Kay. okay a That's six. Fair. Okay and so so I'm at a whopping 12 right now. Uh, Long term, I this is like below five out of 40. Like it's hot garbage yeah. because there's no return. Like it's the no return for Larson and it's not their fault, but like there's no return for that. So you you draft to the hall first overall. Your team is hot garbage for the four years prior. You pick this player who's like supposed to, you know, do some great things and he did. And I don't care what people say he did. He was better than people are giving him credit for because there's like this whole thing about him. Trade him away for a defenseman who, while he was here, was fine. And then the defenseman walks and like, there's, per- there's things going on. We couldn't necessarily have like mitigated that, but the defenseman walks and from t- that Taylor hall draft pick to right now is there's nothing left. And to, and to mention,
2: yeah, sorry. Bad. Adam Larson in the four years he was here, he was really only good at maybe two of them. The two He yeah. was not good in two of the four years.
3: So like I'm saying that like long term that long term is like below five. Five. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So I'll I'll give it a five to be generous. And so I have a seventeen.
1: Okay. Uh you okay with a five? Or you want to go lower? Yeah. Man. That's especially like especially looking at it this way. Man, especially since Larson like again declined in talent it's like it couldn't have gotten any worse hmm. at this because it's not like oh, okay luston's on this team it's like it, he was such a difference maker on the back end it's like we were still getting just like absolutely peppered so it's just like we have won a little bit more small resp- man some games too i was just like what is he doing so <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. and then if you're not scoring this is a league that is just like so reliant on scoring and you're going to give away like one of the league's top scorers. So it's, yeah, it's tough. It's well, tough. I
3: think like the fact, I mean, we did, obviously this hadn't happened when the trade happened, but like he traded away a heart trophy winner yeah. for a guy who is a stay at home defenseman essentially. And like people like, Oh, he was like, he was fine, but I don't know.
2: Not traded in for Swedish Steve Stales. Yeah, well and the only reason now that it's such a big deal is just because we don't have any other guys like him if we mm-hmm. did or that drafted somebody like him we wouldn't be in this position so that's yeah. the only reason why now there's like any gone. <laughs> like
3: if they had not traded that number 16 pick and taken Thomas Shabbat like maybe it's <laughs> a different story
0: <laughs> yeah, right yeah right so uh, you know what in honor of uh, Taylor Hall's number Let's give this a four. four. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> All right. I didn't expect that to go the way it went. I knew you would come Why, in strong, you... Meg, but I didn't realize that uh, it would be lower than my trade, which you graded yourself, like, which I don't I, think should be. And
3: I didn't. I didn't even give a one, like just uh, because I was like, I was like, I wanted to give the zero, and I agreed to the two, but like, <laughs> I wasn't just like, oh, here's the one. No, yeah. I, I thought about this. I made notes, Brian. I made notes. She made her case. You
0: made your case well. I still think uh,
2: –
0: yeah, I still think my trade was worse. But I feel like your trade's no. a bad right. trade,
2: but it's not like
0: – You know what? Honestly, I think like mine was a bad trade, and it was – the thing that I keep overlooking is what Jordan keeps saying. Uh, they're draft picks at the end of the day. We know it was like – we could see it coming, but at the end of the day, they are draft picks, mm-hmm. and uh, Taylor Hall was a player. He was our best player for yeah. – the majority of his career here and then he won the okay. heart trophy. Okay. All right. I concede. I concede.
3: Excellent.
2: All right. Actually, actually wiped you off the thing. You're not even in the standings anymore. <laughs> 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 You're a fourth.
0: <laughs> All right. So uh, that's our second last segment of the week. Uh, there will be no dad slash uncle slash auntie blog. Cause uh, I didn't prepare one unless you had a quick one. Oh, I had a quick story. Actually. Uh, Just, this is just my, my wife telling me this. So uh, Kendrick, we have this kiddie pool set up. It's for them to play in. And I like to think of my son as being like a dumbass, but he's not, he's really smart. This is how smart he is. He was playing in the kiddie pool. And from what I heard playing really well, all of a sudden he walks off, gets out of the kiddie pool, stands to the side, takes a leak walks back in the pool <laughs> 16 months old yeah i don't know anybody else have a story they want to share i don't
3: i went to a 5-year-old's birthday party at last weekend um and uh there was like a whole bunch of people there a bunch of so I don't have children of my own i live by myself and when i left at 9:30 at night and all of the kids were still like up and loud and whatever there were eight children between six months and eight years at this thing and uh when i left and i got home and i was just like oh my house is quiet what a lovely place to be and i think of that often when i see other people's kids <laughs> i quiet. love other people's kids don't get me wrong but it's nice to not have to worry about them
0: guys yeah must be nice it's great all right so uh let's grade our beers now Ooh. okay juan you're up first
1: well considering the fact that I've never had this flavor before. And just like most of these ciders, it's like so good at the start and then just like so super sweet at the end. I don't know. Are we still grading this out of like 10?
0: You can grade it. You know what? Why don't you grade this with the Edmonton Oilers trade? (laughs)
1: This, (laughs) This Okanagan cider is kind of like getting... Signing Dustin Penner. You thought it was going to be good. <laughs> and then, and then it wasn't good at all. <laughs> <laughs> you ended
2: up Very reasonable. Up. Meg,
3: um, grade your beer. So, well, what did okay, you have again? I love the Jameson. The Jameson ginger and lime. And I love this. I have them often. So like, I don't know what's the best trade in Oilers history actually you know what I'm gonna find out what the hockey writers have to say your Hang favorite
0: on. your favorite Oilers. my favorite Oilers
3: trade. Oh, my favorite Oilers trade Ooh, that's good you know what I really did enjoy the day that Lucic got traded away um <laughs> but I think my favorite Oilers trade actually is uh when they got Rollison. I think that's my favorite Ooh. one okay well look what happened out of it that's true. I mean, right? Yeah, that's that was that was my favorite one. I would say that it's uh, I'd say that it's a joint
0: a rolls Rollson trade for a first round draft pick, so number thirteen. Perfect. First and the third, yeah. First, oh, I forgot about that third. Yeah. Uh, Very so, worth it, though. That was a good trade. It was it. Bought us a lot of time. So mine mm-hmm. is a the Dino Sour of uh, not. So, I really like this beer. The other Dino Sour is still my favorite. The one with the Tyrannosaurus Rex. But, uh... So, this would probably be on the scale of oiler trades. Uh... The day we traded Brian Marchment, Steve Kelly, and... I forgot the other guy they got. For uh, Roman Hammerleck. Oh. So, it was a solid trade. One of Sather's best. Steve Kelly. Uh... Not the best, but one of them. So, uh, yeah, it was the Roman hammer-like trade for me.
2: Okay. Jordan? Uh, well, I had the Raspberry Creamsicle Sour from the Quiddy Brewing Company in St. John's, Newfoundland. And uh, it started out quite, <laughs> quite sour <laughs> for me. Uh, <laughs> but as I drank it, it was quite good. And I really enjoyed it. Uh so as far as an oiler trade, if uh memory serves me right. Yeah, this is what works out. Uh so back when I was growing up, one of my favorite oilers was Jason Arnett. So looking at the can, this is a Jason Arnett, looks like a great beer. Uh and then they trade him for Bill Guerin, who at the time I didn't really know who he was. So I'm like, oh, kind of went down. But then when I saw Bill Guerin play, it came right back up. <laughs> so that's how I described this beer.
0: Oh, God. So you describe it. It was uh, Jason Arnett for Valerie Zelopukin and Bill Guerin.
2: Yeah. And I think Arnett and Brian Amir, it looks like, went the yeah. other way.
0: Gotcha. All right. Solid. Solid. Mm-hmm. Just like this podcast, guys.
2: It was a, a good one.
0: This was a good one. Thank you so much. Thanks, Meg, for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Join Thanks it. for having us. This is awesome. And thank you, Juan. Thanks for spending your only day off here <laughs> and then uh, driving off back to West Kelowna. Thank you all for listening. Rate and review us on iTunes,
2: please.
0: <laughs> Five stars. And uh, we'll see you next week. Good evening, good night. Goodbye.